My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by Dan White. And today it's a WNR two three five. It's a WWE Network review for August. But before we do, I think let's start with the alternate intro. And just because you have the emotional range of a teaspoon, doesn't mean we all have. And that's J.K. Rowland, Harry pa- Harry Potter, and the Order of the Phoenix. And now the normal intro. Every month, we review the latest content on the WWE Network, including Ride Along, Photo Shoot, Table for Free, and 205 Live. Plus, on today's show, we've got Evolve and Smackville. We will bring you the news on our live show next weekend, so we delve straight into NXT UK and Trent Seven's attempt at stopping Imperium and Walter. Finally, the crown jewel of the WNR podcast, NXT update. Well, we start with the latest update to the WWE Network. We all received an email from WWE which read... We are pleased to inform you that WWE Network is being updated this week with a new design, a simpler navigation and smarter search tools. In addition, please be aware of the following. You will need to log in with your email address and password the first time you use the updated WWE Network on each streaming device. So, um... Did we have any difficulties doing that, James? We had fucking loads of difficulties doing that last week when we were doing it, and it really did get on my nerves. Uh, but not only was it the PS4 I'd log into, but the tablet, the mobile phone, and, of course, the, the TV as well. It was a real fucking kerfuffle. Uh, you will not need to set up a new account. You should use your existing W Network email and password. I unfortunately had to uh, uh, do my password again because I was putting the wrong fucking email. <laughs> Which, uh, again, is another problem I probably didn't see coming. And the update will occur on different devices at different times during the week, which I suppose it explains, I think, midweek, uh, the other week, I did have a problem kind of watching stuff on the network and obviously it was because the update was sorted out. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I mean, last week it went into effect and we hated it. Not only was it buffed, but watch list, a vital component in how we make the podcast, completely disappeared. So let's just go through the network and see what exactly has changed. Yeah, I mean, it is a completely new setup now, as we see. And of course, it's weird because on episode 225, we did the complete W Network review. Uh, no longer now have we got the kind of traditional setup. It's kind of, you kind of get the latest program, which is there straight away. Your bar's on the kind of left-hand side now. So you've got your home. Your WWE pay-per-view. Raw. Smackdown. NXT. Superstars. In-ring. Originals. And, of course, your schedule. So, like I say, no watch list there. Uh, 
when you go onto the main screen, you've got Trending Now. WWE NXT UK. Which is the continue watching, the recently added stuff. You've got every WWE pay-per-view ever. Uh, we've got Celebrating Harley Race, which is a, is, is a feature which we, you know, we'll talk about later, but it's basically about the recent passing of Harley Race. Yeah, Mega Powers Revisited, which for some reason is on there at the moment with Matcha and Hogan. Uh, Sounds of Smackville. Yeah, that was a program recently. Recent Raw episodes. Makes sense, I suppose. Recent Smackdown episodes. Uh, NXT TakeOver. The Attitude Era. And then you got the Best of Big Show. Uh, WWE On The Road, which uh, is their kind of programs, their new programs, or their programs. Yeah, and then that's kind of it for where you're looking for. Now, another thing that is missing is Vault, which is one of my favourite things. Uh, I think it now is on the in-ring section, but to try and find all these is pretty difficult. Uh, in-ring, you've got features, and you've got all shows now. Uh, um, well, exactly, I was going to say, you've got the, the kind of WCW, ECW, and all the other stuff. Uh, so if you're looking for it, you know, it's not kind of the easiest thing, I don't think. So, you know, with WCW now, you click on that, and you've got, like, the Monday Night War and Nitro and, and these kind of things, Clash of Champions, which I suppose is in the right place, you know. One of the main things that has changed is that NXT has got its own page now as well, which I suppose does make a little bit of sense. Well, got... yeah, that is good because, you know, you get the NXT events and it just used to be NXTs and then you had to go through them to find the takeovers, but now takeovers are in their kind of own separate folder, which yeah. we, we know, like that. Which is cool. Uh, one of the new things that we've added is, uh, su- uh, well, they've added superstars to it. Uh, and of course, we've got no save superstars, but you can, I guess. And you've got your favourites, your champions, your current Hall of Fame alumni. And then, of course, all. So you guess you can go through and just search uh, your superstars and try and find out. James, why is the only one you've got on there, Mojo Rawley? Yes, well, Mojo Rawley is one of them. But I wonder if uh, Chris is part of that. Do you reckon he's he's on the categories, mate? I don't no. reckon he is. No. no. So you kind of got all this kind of new set up. Oh, you got C-H-R-I. Oh, yeah. Oh, hang on. We've got Chris Jericho there. Chris Masters and Christian. And Christian. So, no, Chris Benoit. No, but... Uh, oh, CM Punk is a part of it, though, which, you and know... And China. China as well. That's good to see. Crash Holly, always a legend. Uh, so, you've got all these, so you can go and try and find your kind of favourites for it. But it has changed, and um, where it's for the, the best or not, I mean, it's not... I, I don't really know. But it looks like insane championship wrestling to the network has been further confirmed. ICW, possibly along with other independent promotions such as Progress, WXW, Evolve and other WWN content has long been rumoured to be arriving on the network. Delays occurred, which despite some incorrect theories put out there, was due to the content being planned for the tiered system that is being introduced by the service. With WWE Network 2.0 being rolled out and tiers confirmed to arrive within the year, it only makes sense that the service is preparing for future content. And clearly, it appears the Evolve 10th anniversary celebration isn't the only indie wrestling you can find via search. No, that's first pointed out to us by contributor Geordie and Senna, Geordie Speaks and at Wobble4528. ICW content is apparently under the hood of the W network. If you search ICW via the upgraded search engine, a match that can't currently be viewed featuring Chris Renfrew and Kieran Kelly taking on Bantz and Leighton Buzzard. Even a jump to appears to the match titled Leighton Buzzard contemplates what to tell Joe Hendry. Perhaps just as interested as the search feels a folder for Fight Club. The in-ring series is empty when you click at it as of now, however. 
The match listed appears to be from the ICW Drunk and Drunker event from 2018. That show also featured current NXT UK stars Kaylee Ray and Piper Niven, who also competed in the May Young Classic. Meanwhile, Fight Club is the name of an ICW series. Of course, the match is inaccessible and not currently viewable while the Fight Club category is empty. As this content very likely isn't meant to be seen any other t- anytime soon and more than likely being withheld for the upcoming VIP tier, though that isn't officially announced. No, W's relationship with ICW and Progress have been part of Triple H's global localization vision as he aims to create brands and relationships with promotions all over the world. The relationship with ICW and Progress helped create the NXT UK brand. Earlier this week, there was a significant backup Earlier this week, there was a significant back-end update to the WWE Network, which saw the service move from Disney-owned BamTech to Endeavor Streaming Group. While users noticed a new sleeker design and simpler navigation advanced search tools, there have also been numerous technical issues which WWE Network support addressed. Yeah, Chromecast not working on iOS devices. Chromecast in the live player is not currently available. We're working to resolve this as quickly as possible. You can cast WWE Network to your Google Chromecast using Android or a web browser. Watch list not working. The watch list feature is temporarily unavailable. Rest assured that is part of the continuous improvement for the best viewing experience. Well, the hidden gems and collections removed. Hidden gems used to be part of the collections tab, which is no longer available as well. Uh, audio sync issues. Our team is aware of this issue and is already working for a resolution. Is there any problems that anybody finds with the WWE Network? You can find WWE technical support and it's available on Twitter at AskWWE Network. Well, I think, you know, when we kind of discovered that we had problems, you was trying to log in using your incorrect email address and I got it up on my tablet and I'd have it like in a portrait mode. And the picture would be landscape and like, you know, every time I turned it, it'd spin round to the other side, which I found quite annoying. But since then, this issue has been resolved. It's just the buffering issues have been kind of my main annoyance. Well, yeah, I mean, like I say, we really struggled with last week's show to try and uh, get it done with with all the problems with it. And hopefully this is something that they kind of sort out because with the network before, even though this is a kind of new sleek design... There was not really any problems with the old network, and I know they've completely changed it. But it's just a shame there's not a chance to have the old setup if you, and especially where the kind of the watch list came into effect and other things. It is more difficult now to find new content. I can understand why they've changed it to kind of more Netflix style of like trending now and continue watching. But again, it's it's if you're looking for certain things, you might not know until the network tells you, you know, and, and the kind of the joy of the other network uh, was to try and go around and, you know, you find things, you'd be like, oh, I never knew this was here in Vault and all these certain things and it's kind of missing. But what are your thoughts on the kind of new, sleek design of the network? Is it actually improvement or, you know, is the jury um, still out? Well, you know, with this, I think it is, it's always going to be a bit awkward getting used to it and, you know, navigating your way around, but, you know, we're quite tech savvy, so you know, it's it's something that once you kind of you've got used to it, then I suppose it it becomes easier. Yeah, I mean and this is what we're gonna give. We give updates, uh we'll let everybody know how we're finding it and of course any problems like I said, ask the WWE network or contact us as well and we'll bring it to uh, their attention. Like we said, we were struggling with it last week, but it has seemed to have improved this week now. Uh, so, I mean, that's the network for now. Like we said, we'll keep everybody updated. But on to new content. And I was happy as a pig in shit 
because the over-the-top service added 12 classic pay-per-view length or close to events. And the specials range from 94 to 996. They can be found under the ECW pay-per-view section. Despite these shows not technically being pay-per-views, instead being released on DVD or with clips on Hardcore TV. This is something I moaned about when we actually reviewed all the pay-per-views. And I said, well, there were super shows beforehand. Now they're on there. And ECW's kind of come in a complete collection, basically. Yeah, so the ECW pay-per-views are... We've got Hardcore Heaven, which is 1994. Uh, yeah, that's Hardcore Heaven uh, from Philly! We've got Hostile City Showdown 94. Yeah, and we've got 1990, in 1996, Hostile City Showdown. Uh, Massacre on Queens Boulevard. You've got the Big Apple Blizzard Blast from 1996. House Party from 96. Holiday Hell from 1995. Gangsters Paradise from 95. I'm sure Coolio kind of put in a cease and desist against that. November to Remember, 1994. Freeway Dance from 95. When Wells Collide, 1994. The Night the Line Was Crossed, 94. And that is probably their kind of biggest pay-per-view, or one of the most famous ones, because that was the triple threat match between Shane Douglas, Sabu and Terry Funk. First ever triple threat match in America, and also went an hour as well. So to have that kind of content on there for like ECW fans, I think is a really, really big deal. Uh, but we move on to other new content. And this is in the old days. I used to be able to just go on the watch list and be able to select it. But now I have to go through each of them and try and find it. Uh, so the first one was July 13th, and it was WWE Chronicle with Ricochet. And yeah, Ricochet stepped onto the WWE stage early in 2019, and he quickly established himself... As a future star, and you get an inside look into the life of Ricochet as he aims to prove he's better than anyone else. Yeah, I mean, WWE Chronicle is series, and you're a huge fan of Ricochet, aren't you? If you've not said that, no. absolutely. Yeah, my, my good friend Trev, yeah, he likes me. Yeah, and we've seen Ricochet's journey to be United States champion, uh, and basically, well, up until his loss with AJ Styles. But as Ricochet yeah. gone, sorry. I was just saying, you know, all the way up until the point he inserted a finger into his bottom. Yeah, I was going to say that. But what have you thought of Ricochet on the main roster since his arrival? I think he is one of the very rare NXT superstars that has been done correctly. And, you know, I like that because it, he is someone that, you know, I've I've kind of seen evolve, so to speak. You know, we've seen him in Rev Pro Wrestling in our, uh, you know, a local independent scene and... You know, we've seen him go through NXT, become North American champion, and now he's kind of establishing himself as a solid mid-carder on the main roster. Without a doubt, and Ricochet's got a huge upside as well. Uh, and speaking of July 13th, we had evolved the 10th anniversary show, and we've got the results from the card. Yes, we had Josh Briggs beating Anthony Green with a pop-up powerbomb. You had Stephen Wolfe beating Harlan Bravado, Kurt Stallion and Sean Maluta with a shooting star press to Bravado. We had Arturo Ruas beating Anthony Henry with a spinning heel kick to the head. Brandy Lauren beating Shotzi Blackheart with a kendo stick shot. AR Fox, oh sorry, that's the next match. <laughs> AR Fox and Buff beating Unwanted with a 450 to Kingston. And then Matt Riddle beating the Cruiserweight Champion Drew Gulak with the Bro Derek. I know, oh, I can't believe I'm saying that. Austin Theory beating JD Drake with the Atixia. And then in the main event, Adam Cole beating Akira Tozawa with the last shot. Again, wasn't a bad uh, pay-per-view or wasn't a bad show in itself. I don't think there's enough to keep 
uh, hardcore fans, well, not hardcore fans, but the kind of maybe the lapsed, you know, WWE fans onto it. But if you want a little bit of something different, that is, you know, basically it's giving you Evolve, even though it was head-to-head with AEW. And it weren't really a bad show to be... No, absolutely not. Uh, on July 14th, we had a table for free, Omega Men. That was the Hardy Boys and Hurricane Shane Helms. Yep. Uh, let me just try and find the fucking... Yeah. Yeah, Matt and Jeff, the Hardy Boys, and Shane Hurricane Helms discuss their long-standing friendships, their North Carolina roots, and their creative file that fueled, that fueled their careers. Again, it's 20 minutes long, and it basically it says what it does on a tin, doesn't it? You know, a table for free. It does say what it, or it could do what it says on the tin. Do what it says. Either way, you know, we know what we're getting. We're getting the three guys sitting around the table and they're chatting about their kind of early I'm sure teams. it was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on from that, July 17th, WWE photo shoot, uh, Shane McMahon. <laughs> no spoilers. I haven't seen this one yet. Actually, <laughs> uh, see if I can fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, again, you know, we'll be going to our, uh, our watch list, but... <laughs> It doesn't quite work like that now. That would be too easy to do right now to try and do that. Uh, what have we got? That is stuff trending now, of course, because oh, we want recently added. Hello. So, yeah, photo shoot, series two, episode five. It's shown with the best in the world. And it's shown at Manville some unique tales and hilarious moments throughout his life in sports entertainment. Now, it's shame that man has done a lot in 20 years, hasn't he? You know, we've, we've talked about this where last month when we saw him against Kurt Angle at King of the Ring. But uh, Shane McMahon has had a legendary career, hasn't he? He has, yeah. He has faced some of the best on the biggest stage of them all. And, you know, he he has had kind of, would you say, a silver spoon? Uh, Or would you say he's earned the matches he's been in? I think it's difficult because he wouldn't be put... I mean... In 1999, when he was doing that, obviously he's put in there because, you know, Vince's son and uh, the matches he had, you know, and what we're going to see this year as well with X-Pac at WrestleMania 15, Test at SummerSlam. You know, he's a guy that definitely could work. And we saw it even with Shane McMahon. But like I said, since that time, like the Randy Orton feud in, I think, around about WrestleMania 25, and it was Shane McMahon just taking on Randy Orton. It kind of like, no, anybody else in that position... Did he deserve a WrestleMania match with The Undertaker? Did he deserve a WrestleMania match with AJ Styles? I mean, this, these are the questions. Now, maybe nowadays he doesn't deserve the kind of spotlight that he gets, but I think we look back and he at least he gave 100%. I think that's what we can say. Absolutely, yeah. And there's, you know, there's one thing that you can take away from the Shane O'Mac career, and that is that he has never been pushed as a champion or a contender for a champion. He's always been kind of acting as a thorn in someone's yeah. side as opposed to, you know, going for the big prize, which yeah. I think, you know, we can kind of uh, rejoice at that. I think, I think only the last year, like you said, the Shane McMahon thing's kind of gone a little bit uh, more weirder, but I think he's a guy that we're going to look back on and kind of respect. And you can see with the amount of pictures on photo shoot, the amount of moments that he's had, that he's definitely uh, one of the most, you know, rememberable superstars in WWE. Anyway, on to July 27th, and it's WWE Smackville, and this was a live house show that they put on the network, just in case we didn't have enough content, and we've got the results. Uh, Finn Balor being replaced by Ali, and he lost to Shinzuki fucking Nakamura for the Intercontinental title. Uh, Obviously, Nakamura retains by pinfall. It was a good, uh, for a nothing match, meaningless low. Ali and Nakamura could do better if he had a purpose behind it. Yes, we then did have a... 
a musical performance by Elias, and then that led into a match Elias versus Kevin Owens. And again, it was nothing that we haven't seen a thousand times. Kevin Owens eventually came out to mess with Elias by playing one of his guitars before giving him a special request of shutting up and asking for a match. They get it, and Owens wins with a stunner. Yeah, very bland and uninspiring. And then the main event, W Championship triple threat match, Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe versus Dolph Ziggler. Kofi retains the title by pinfall. Yeah, it was decent for a house show, which this pretty much was. But at the same time, it was also supposed to be a special event that more people watched. So that was a disappointing. And if I'm reviewing it from a perspective, it's a thumbs down for this event overall. There isn't any reason for anyone to watch these things and want to be home on a Saturday night for an hour in podcast recording time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, what's the point of this? Uh, then you had, on July 27th, rebuilding the Big Show. Join Big Show as he reflects on his legendary 25-year career in sports entertainment while he recovers from a serious surgical procedure and difficult rehabilitation process. Now, Big Show is a guy we've not seen in a couple of years now, is it really? You know? No, they've kind of faded him out. But, I've, you know, I think it's good for... Someone like that, but he hasn't officially announced the time. No, no, he's not officially announced, and he has lost a shitload of weight, and he is in really good shape at this moment in time. So, a big show, maybe there's a chance for him uh, to come back at some point. I'm sure he'll come back at a wrestle, uh, a Royal Rumble just to be eliminated by Braun Strowman or something. Without a doubt, yeah. And then recently added as well, like I said, the hidden gem section is not really around anymore, but we had from April 19th, 1985... The Meadowlands Mayhem. Sergeant Sword battles Kamala in a Ugandan death match while Lazy Bisco tangles with Bob Backlund in this Pro Wrestling USA spectacular. And also another addition to it as well. It was a Summer Sam spectacular from 1993 and Money Inc. faced the Steiners inside a steel cage for the tag titles while Shawn Michaels defends his IC title against Bob Backland. Yeah, so there you go. There's a couple of extra ones recently added. And of course, they're, you know, they're trying to make the WWE Network now trying to make sure that people know that the recent content from Raw and SmackDown is on there with this week. And of course, the SmackDown and the Raw replays as well. So, I mean, that's the network for now. Like we say, it, it, there's changes. And of course, you know, there's always going to be changes when it comes to certain things. And it's just trying to get used to it and try and make it work as well. But that's all the new content for this month so far so we move on to 205 live and it's july 16th episode 138 Well, last week on WWE 205 Live, the Brian Kendrick claimed victory against Sunil Singh, but Samir jumped in the ring immediately after the bell and the Singh brothers attacked the man with a plan. Rushing to the aid of his friend and mentor was Akira Tozawa, 
who helped chase off the Bollywood boys. Well, tonight, Tazar went one-on-one with Samir Singh as Kendrick and Sunil watched from ringside. As the match began, the ever-confident Samir struck first, driving Tazar into a corner before taunting the former cruiserweight champion and finding himself on the defensive. However, Singh struck back by using the turnbuckles and turned up the aggression on the stamina monster. Displaying his resilience, Tazara recovered and fought back, forcing his opponent to the outside before delivering a crushing running senton onto the barricade. As Tazara ascended the ropes with victory in sight, Sunil tried to distract the stamina monster, but was stopped by Kendrick, and this allowed Tazara to counter Samir's advance and roll him up for the free. Well, after the match, the Singh brothers attacked the victor and prepared to use the Bollywood Award as a weapon, but the man without a pl- with a plan <laughs> intervened and once again, and Tazara and Kendrick sent the Singh brothers packing. Packing, as uh, I said. After the match, Canellis continued his attack and vanquished the opponent before grabbing a microphone and calling no, out. What do I, why, do we, why, <laughs> why do we even entertain this cunt, uh, I'm sorry, but it's with his wife Maria watching from the locker room area, Mike Canellis approached the ring with focus and intensity, ready to unleash his frustrations on his opponent, Jackson James. Canellis wait a little time, picking his opponent apart, taking his time to dish out as much punishment as possible before finally putting James out of his misery. <laughs> I wish someone would put James out of his misery. After the match, Canellis continued to attack his vanquished opponent. I can't even do this with enthusiasm, James. Honestly. After the match, Canellis continued to attack his vanquished opponent before grabbing a microphone, calling out 205 Live general manager Drake Maverick. The former 24-7 champion made his way to the ring to confront Canellis and allow the opportunities to publicly air his grievance, which no one actually cared about. Canellis explained that he resigned with WWE to prove that his wife... Canellis explained that he resigned with WWE to prove to his wife that he can win the Cruiserweight Championship and because he wants to fight Maverick. The 205 GM asked Canellis if he really believed he deserved the championship opportunity. However, Canellis got personal when he questioned Maverick's performance issues when losing the 24-7 championship the night before on Raw. The argument continued to intensify when Canellis insulted Drake's wife and the 205 Live GM swiftly attacked the opportunist and drove him from the ring. If, that's gonna, if that doesn't make you happy, Dan, what is? Drake Maverick, the smallest guy on the W roster, sending Mike Canellis away. Well, following the controversial end to a highly regarded showdown last month, Gentleman Jack Gallagher and SmackDown Live's Chad Gable finally had their chance at a rematch. For much of the match, Gable targeted Gallagher's leg and knee trying to keep his opponent from getting to... However, Gallagher fought back when he swung momentum in his favour. He ditched a technical arsenal and went for high-impact strikes. After being on the receiving end of a standing suplex and a near fall, Gable again tried to advance, but Gallagher countered with another arm lock before revving his engine and sending Gable to the outside, keeping his opponent... Gallagher launched himself to the outside, but overshot the landing, allowing Gable to counter with an explosive. As the official began a 10-count, Gable refused to allow another ending like their last match and threw Gallagher back inside the ring. Olympic athlete remained in control and applied a devastating ankle lock that looked like it would end of Gallagher's night. However, the British brawler broke the hold with a series of hammer fists. Gallagher nearly skewered victory following a breathtaking headbutt, with Gable reeling in the corner. Gallagher charged forward for a running drop kick, but was caught and by Gable. When unable to put Gallagher away, Gable fr- grew frustrated and ascended the ropes to attempt a high-risk moonsault. Jack countered immediately charged off his opponent and landed a running drop kick, but Gable barely got his foot on the ropes during the pinfall and the match raged on. Gallagher battled Gable in the corner and prepared to execute a super backdrop, but Gable shifted his momentum to counter the move. 
As a result, Chad capitalised and executed the Chaos Theory for a hard... Yeah, and what an excellent match this was. After the match, Gable showed his respect to Gallagher by helping him to his feet amidst a standing ovation from the WWE Universe. And when it's done right, do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. And is this the kind of injection of... Because it has been getting a bit bland and just rolling on, especially with Mike Kanellis getting so much mm. fucking deservedly. But, you know, it is matches like this. Gable and Gallagher are two absolute superior athletes who, you know, just given their chance, can absolutely fucking shine and light up an arena. Without a doubt. And let's hope this is a new start to 205 Live. Let's head on to our next episode, and it's episode 139. In the first of two battles between 205 Live and NXT, Tonight, Humberto Carrillo, who competes on both brands, teamed up with fellow Mexican superstar Raul Mendoza to take on the cruiserweight mainstays Kalisto and Grand Metallic of the Lucha House Party. Well, Mendoza and Kalisto fought to an early stalemate, resulting in a rousing ovation for the W Universe, and each tagged out of the match. The same kind of incredible Metallic led to another stalemate, forcing the King of the Ropes to change his strategy, feigning a handshake Metallic debt Carrillo, finally giving Lucha House Party the advantage. Working together to isolate Carrillo, Kalisto and Metallic took turns working on their opponent's upper body, hoping to keep him grounded and away from Mendoza. The Lucha House Party maintained control until a desperation need to Kalisto's gut gave Carrillo the chance to tag in Mendoza. Well, the Mexican high flyers have teamed up before and their chemistry was on full display as he took turns attacking Kalisto. Working on the former United States champion's arms, Carrillo seemed to have the match in control until Kalisto's resilience kicked in. And he fended off his opponent and brought Grand Metallic back into the fray. Applying pressure to Carrillo and methodically increasing the pace of the contest, Metallic enjoyed a brief advantage until a high-flying counter-attack flattened the king of the ropes. After a tag on each side, a charge forward at breakneck pace, keeping Kalisto on defence as Carrillo worked to keep Metallic out of the equation. Well, the fight reached a frantic pace as Metallic and Carrillo battled on the ring apron on the top rope. The king of the ropes seemed to have the match in control until Menzoza broke up a pinfall. Taking the fight to Kalisto, Mendoza dropped Jaws as he launched himself over the top rope and flattened his opponent. Back inside the ring, Metallic attempted a moonsault, but Carrillo countered and quickly capitalised by executing a flippy floppy flop flip to secure a huge victory. That name is, is that is that the finishing move again? I can't remember what yeah, it was. Flippity flop flip. Flippity flop. Well, with his rivalry against Aria Davari seemingly in the past after he claimed victory during a brutal Anything Goes match, only Lorkin is laser focused on one goal. And that is the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Well, Lorca's opponent, Tony Isner, was looking to make a name for himself and squared up with a Boston brawler, delivering a few potent strikes. Unfortunately for Isner, those strikes only enraged Lorcan, and he quickly unloaded with his unbridled bulldozing his opponent with a running uppercuts. Upper what? For delivering the half and half for the win. And still waiting for his next challenger, Cruiserweight Champion, your Cruiserweight Champion, James. The man who I correctly predicted, Drew Gulak, found himself face with someone from his past NXT superstar Asaya Swerve Scott however Gulak remained unfazed by his opponent revealing that not only did he train Scott but he is ready to continue the lesson in the second and final 205 Live versus NXT match of the evening well Scott landed the first big blow of the fight when he launched himself over the top rope and drilled the cruiserweight champion with a splash Swerve impressively remained in control nearly securing victory with a clobbering right hook that left Gulak dazed and confused. Potentially doing as much damage to his hand as he did to Gulak's jaw, Scott favoured his right hand as he dished out an impressive flurry of offence, though Gulak fired back with aggressive strikes and driving his opponent out of the ring. Well, clearly fed up, Gulak grabbed his opponent and tossed him into the barricade, 
before launching him, launching Scott into the ring post. Taking the battle back inside the square circle, the Philadelphia stretcher focuses his opponent's right hand, showing off his unique technical abilities, and even levering Scott with a clothesline, leveling Scott with a clothesline. The Philadelphia stretcher focuses on his opponent's right hand, showing off his unique technical abilities, and even leveling Scott with a clothesline off the top rope. Well, Scott countered with a potentially devastating move with a jawbreaker and increased the pressure on the cruiserweight champion. Blocking out the pain in his right hand and feeding off the energy of the WWE Universe, Swerve nearly secured victory when he went airborne to drill the title holder. Well, after somehow escaping Gulak's dragon sleeper, Scott, after somehow sleeper, Scott delivered a crushing stomp, dropping Gulak from the ring apron to the floor before annihilating him with a second stomp back inside the ring for the top rope that nearly won the match. Isaiah trapped his opponent in an armbar, leaving Gulak desperate to break the hold. Grabbing his opponent's injured arm, the cruiserweight champion escaped and both superstars traded blows in the centre of the ring. Unfortunately for Scott, Gulak took control and executed his patented cyclone clash to pick up a half-fought and impressive victory. So Gulak now is just showing a statement of intent and saying that he wants to be the dominant cruiserweight champion. But who would be challenging him down the road? Well, maybe we'll find out in the next episode, episode 140. And tonight's episode of 205 Live was a shit one. As it put general manager Drake Maverick against Mike fucking Kanellis in an unsanctioned... If Twatty won, he would get a shot at the WWE Cruiserweight Champion and would go one step further to proving how much of a dick he is at becoming a Twatty WWE. Well, our first match, Akira Tazara and Brian Kendrick defeat the Singh brothers via pinfall. Tazara and Kendrick continue to show just how much of a great team they are taking down the Singh brothers with near ease. While Samir and Sunil did put up a solid effort, it was a beautiful senton from the top rope by Tazawa that ended things and solidified his and Kendrick's team as a legitimate one. Do you think with these teaming up now, I mean, we have spoke about in the past, do you think a tag team division could be introduced into 205 Live? I do think, else because, you know, the last I remember that Tazawa and Kendrick and, you know, you've got the Singh brothers, you've got the Lucha House Party, you know, there's... There are a few legitimate tag teams actually going about and they do need something you know, to concentrate on when not going for the top prize. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Will we get a video of Pacash for Humberto Carrillo? And Lucha House Party are invited backstage. They talk about how Lucha is all about heart and hype up. Lynch Dorados! Match tonight. Yeah, well, luckily for us, the next match, Davari lost to... Lynn's Dorado! In a bit of a surprise victory, Dorado was able to do away with Davari after the pair gave it the all in the ring. With both superstars going all out in the attempt for victory, it was Dorado who had the last laugh, landing a backfolding press on Davari for the pin. Drew Gulak gets a promo about how nobody on 205 Live can step to him when the SummerSlam is only getting pain. Yes, yeah, so Gulak is promising whoever it is. And could it be Mike Kanellis? He's going to go against Drake Maverick. Now, we've seen Drake Maverick being the 24-7 champion. But this might be his first official match in WWE. Oh, come on. Come on now. Maverick was going to make his way down. And Mike Kanellis has assaulted him from behind. And Kanellis is giving his fucking hate him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a huge fan. He gives this big talk about how he deserves his shot at Cruiserweight title, how he's a great athlete, and yet a man who's not even a proper superstar in Drake Maverick, who a general manager... General manager? He won't even fight him seriously one-on-one. He has to attack him from behind. There is something seriously wrong with Mike Kennelly. Well, when you see a man who pisses himself because he got grabbed by the throat as a threat, 
there is something seriously wrong with you. You know, it's we. You know, we all know that Drake Maverick was Rockstar spot at, Rockstar spud at one point, and he was actually a half decent competitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, he's he's obviously concentrating on being more of a general manager and kind of like a comedy act than being performer but that's what i liked about the last 205 live even with uh Kinellis getting in Ma- maverick had a little bit of a serious side to him and i think to be able to show that, that i never thought WWE give him a chance to let maverick actually you know have a lot of airtime, even though he is wildly entertaining and we talk about him being a good worker but it's just the kind of 24 7 skits at the moment yeah there's been problems being the general manager 205 live the same as all for the pains manager Obviously, that's been quietly dropped now as well, hasn't it? You know, so I think Maverick has got the ability to do a few things, but being the smallest man, maybe even one of the smallest men in the entire roster, and it just shows Ken Ellis will just always try and take the shortcut. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, well, the good thing is though, I think this is more about building Maverick up than it is Ken Ellis. Hopefully, do you know well, what I mean? I, like, I can only hope. Yeah, because Ken Ellis is a guy at this moment in time. You know he's he's dominant. There's no way if this match were even to start that he would uh, that he's gonna referees trying to help him out up Maverick. But again, you know Mike Canellis, he's someone that doesn't need a push because he's been given for some <laughs> really fucking stupid reason, which does not comprehend any fucking excuse. But Mike Canellis has been given. A five-year contract. Why, Vince? Yeah. What must he have been smoking to say, yes, that man deserves a long fucking contract? No. Well, I, no. Can't, I, I, I just can't believe it. Nothing I can't believe as well is Maverick has told the referees to leave him alone and he's actually got in the ring and the bell has rang in this one, even though it's all Canellis now and Canellis just choking Maverick out. But Maverick showing his heart and toughness himself. To even be involved in this match, it, Maverick could have just walked away from this one, fought another day. Come on, chill us, father, <laughs> just fucking humiliate that twat. Well, what's great is that most of the fans in WWE won't have seen uh, Drake Maverick's performance before. So at the moment, they're just thinking, oh, yeah, he's, he's a tiny guy and probably doesn't really know what he's doing as he gets yeah. thrown to the outside. But Ken Ellis, again, signing five years. I mean, when you sign in him and Mojo to five year contracts, there is something seriously wrong. Are you think they're like, what can we do <laughs> to piss off Dan and James at the WNR podcast? Because they've obviously know about us and they've, they're avid yeah. listeners. I know Vince McMahon, he can't go in his vehicle without having the WNR podcast right, doubt. cranked up. We appreciate that. But I mean, it's just the stupid decision. And even Maria, the 24-7 champion, watching on in the background. I yes. mean, why would they even decide to put the championship on her, is Canellis laid down for her, didn't he? So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what kind of man, <laughs> I, can't, I can't even, no, he's not a man. That's what kind of thing he is. And, you know. I mean, he's on the outside now with Maverick and he's just raking Drake's face on the barricade. As he throws him into another barricade and Drake Maverick lands with a thud to the floor. And Maverick... We've got the 205 live top on just the jeans. He was ready for a fight, but he wasn't expecting to get jumped from behind. Think about it. But I don't mind it. It is different, 205 live. You know, we, we've had these, you know, the great matches that we, we know and have, but from a storyline perspective, to have, like, the general manager involved, even though it is against my... Different, you know? I would rather see a three stages of Judy Bagwell match. 
<laughs> Judy Bagwell on the pole for the first count. Judy Bagwell in a shark cage dangling above the ring for the second count. And Judy Bagwell, special guest referee for the third. No, that's not bad. I mean, at this moment, it's just an assault by Ken Ellis, a super kick. And now he's got me the announce table. No, there's nothing super about it. And Maverick just sent face first into the announce table. And fair play to Drake Maverick selling his heart out at the moment. And even Nigel McGuinness is giving uh, Ken Ellis a weird look. He knows he's a twat. Oh, I think like, you're a twat. Why Why does someone like that world of wrestling? Well, I have no idea. Well, the chair now set up. Yeah, that's a good move. Well, Maverick's placed on the chair. And Ken Ellis again with a kick. Taking Maverick out. And this is a statement being sent by Ken Ellis. He wants to be the next Cruiserweight champ. Referee might have to stop this now. Checking on Drake. Well, yeah, Mike Canellis, obviously, he wants a count out. He's a tool. No, well, it'll take any means necessary. The great win-loss record, has he, on the WWE TV or even 205 Live? So why why did he do that? Why did he climb back in the ring just to exit the ring again? Well, because he's it would normally be to stop the referee's count, but unfortunately for him, the referee was on the outside. It's an so. unsanctioned match. So. Yeah, <laughs> but he didn't need to do that at all. No. Maybe he just wanted to wind the crowd up as he's thrown Maverick back in. And throws him head first into the top turnbuckle. Come on, Drake. And Maverick might not know where he is. He might think he's back in TNA at the moment. Oh, as he gets his head rammed into the top turnbuckle for a second. Come on, Drake. Get mad. And is Drake getting a little bit fired up here? Nope. A huge right hand knocks out Maverick. And I think Canellis could go for the pin right now. No, but he chooses to strip. Because well, that's the kind of person. But is he ripping that T-shirt as a sign to show that that's what he thinks of 205 Live and Drake Maverick? Well, he doesn't want to disrespect 205 Live because he wouldn't ever make it anywhere else. Well, this is the thing, and this is what he's doing. Not only disrespecting the brand, but the general manager and every single wrestler on this at the moment. Oh. And he hit the clothesline, and now he's bringing out his best Hogan. You know what they're going to do, don't you? They're going to team Mojo up. No, they're not. There's the five-year boys. Oh, my God. Well, they're never gonna... Maria looking on as Canellis just whipping Maverick. And you've got to think Drake Maverick's wife, Renee, will be looking on backstage as well. But Drake Maverick actually hasn't managed to get a defensive shot off. Not since being attacked from behind, which seems like a long time ago now. His face is etched with pain. And now Canellis with a sleeper. Drake trying to fight. He must have applied a fucking sleeper throughout this. Oh, I hope he doesn't win. brag about it. Possibly. But Maverick... Was fainting, but now he's trying to get up. But now slowly, just going to sleep. Nothing you can do. Come on, Drake. Oh, Drake. Slowly fading, is he? Fight, Drake. No, wait a minute. He's getting back to his feet. Yes, Drake. Come on, boy. Yes. Sends him head first into the turnbuckle. And now Maverick's finally got a little bit of separation. Oh, as he ducks out of the way, as Canellis comes charging in and he hits the ring post. And now what can Drake do? Here comes Canellis falling again. Side steps in, sending Mike to the outside. And Mike obviously had to take a bump, just completely destroys the fucking 2 5 live set like the tip. Uh-oh, Drake went in for baseball. I got caught! Oh! Well, caught. Thrown into barricade. Caught in a wheelbarrow, and like I said, just destroyed into the barricade. Face first, Maverick might be out, and uh, at least he had a little bit of offence. As Canellis now has got the, uh, the wanted posters for our truth 24-7. And Canellis must be happy because he thinks that Maverick is a joke. He thinks that he brings, you know, everything bad that's happened to 205 Live recently has all been Maverick's fault because he's been concentrating on a 24-7 title. And even though, weirdly enough, his wife is the one that holds that title now. And Post just gets shoved through, down Maverick's throat. 
but he spits it out and looks at a bit of paper. And that just psychs up Maverick. <laughs> Go on, Drake. <laughs> Go on, kid. Give it to him, boy. Okay, sends him into the turnbuckle. The Drake Maverick. <laughs> it just awoke him. Go on, Drake. Oh, my God. Second time now. Drake is getting pumped up. As Maverick starts hitting him, <laughs> and Drake's fighting back with all that he's got. A Go bit on, of son. ground and pound of salt. <laughs> Drake dodges the clothes. Lovely drop kick from Maverick. And the general manager is back in this, and he's stomping a mud hole. Walking, walking it dry. <laughs> Why is the referee pulling him off? Oh, a lovely running drop kick to the head of Canellis. That's it, boy. And then go home and consummate your marriage. And now Maverick's picked up the belt. Yes. And Paya, as he gets hit in the back now. Canellis on the outside. Maverick goes flying. Sends Canellis uh, over the announce table. Uh, you'll believe a man can fly. And Maverick now on the announce table with Canellis. And there's something about Maverick. Even a crowd getting behind him. It's just something likeable. It's because they hate fucking Canellis. <laughs> That's why. Oh, my God. And a huge DDT on Canellis on the announce table. Well, Drake, use that fire. And all the monitors and the wires. Yes, Drake. Well, I don't think he's finished. He's getting helped up on the Barry K by some old man. Drake walks round with Canellis in his sights. Oh. He fully elbow drop. Canellis moved. And Maverick might have shattered his elbow slash forearm there. And again, not bad selling by him. Screaming, oh, my God. And Canellis is struggling with a man. He's probably not wrestled in a couple of years. And he's probably half the size of him. And Canellis now throws him in. And this could be the end now for Maverick. But Canellis just wasting time. A tool. And rather than just put Maverick away, he wants to try and seriously hurt him. Sets him up on that top turnbuckle now. And oh my god. Was he going to try a crucifix power maybe off the top? And this will be the end of Drake Maverick. <laughs> no, Maverick turns it around into a hurricane rana. <laughs> And Drake again getting his second wind. Boom. Hit him. Two. two, Three. three. (laughs) And today is the greatest day of my life. Uh, Drake Maverick, your general manager, Terrifier of Life, has pinned Mike Canellis here. Dad, the smile on your face says it all. Canellis wanted to put Maverick. Maverick got the job done with like a slice of bread number two. It was into like a, a cutter or an RKO. And I'm going to give that to Drake Maverick. He yeah. can use the RKO. And it did come out of nowhere. Yeah, really? Oh, fucking hell. See you say that. Uh, what are your thoughts on the match or, or Drake Maverick and himself? Well, it just looks, makes Mike Kanellis look like a complete... I mean, a man who he jumped on his way to the ring. A man who isn't even classed or billed as a wrestler. And he can't even beat him. I mean, he must never, ever, ever... Earn a championship <laughs> match. I mean, Drake Maverick's probably got a broken arm, yeah. yet he still couldn't capitalise on it and beat him because didn't, he is a tool. Didn't even hook the leg with the pinfall either. And like you said, it makes Canellis look like a complete joke. But Maverick here, I mean, we've got a lot of baby faces and a lot of faces, but Maverick has done it better than most people. The crowd on their feet at that as well. And I think it shows the potential of Maverick on not just 205 Live but in WWE as well. I've really enjoyed 205 this month due to the fact that it has been different and due to people like they talked about earlier, uh, Gallagher and Gable. But with with Maverick at the charge, I mean, 205 Live, what are your thoughts? Absolutely, yes. Um, you know, just that ending of 205 <laughs> Live. I would like to 
have that moment and just have it as my wife. <laughs> yeah, you'd like you know? to marry that. I would marry that moment, have kids. <laughs> Little tiny Drake Maverick pinning Mike Kennedy's exactly. moment. So lovely. And so does that make Drake Maverick our number one contender now? Well, you could argue, and with Drew Gulak as champion, maybe he'll have a problem with... Uh, with him winning that match and kind of being the face of 205 Live. Is that a storyline that could work? I think most definitely. Absolutely, yeah. So this is a chance for Maverick now. He's he's already got his foot in the door with a 24-7 pitcher. And now, I mean, he's undefeated on 205 Live. And not many wrestlers can say that. Absolutely, yes. Oh, yeah. But I'll be looking to see how that kind of unfolds. Without a doubt. So on to NXT UK. And of course, we know we've got TakeOver Cardiff coming up at the end of August. But we'll start with the weekly catch-up and it's July 17th, episode 52. And in the opening match of this week's NXT UK, Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner honoured their sacred mat in a contest against Saxon Huxley and Tyson T-Bone. So here we go, Tyson T-Bone is in there with Fabian Eichner to start, but Emporium have sent a message to the entire NXT UK roster recently with the destruction of not only Tyler Bate, but Trent Seven as well. Dan, how dominant do you think Imperium could become? Um, well, you know, to, to compare them to someone, you'd have to compare them to the Undisputed Era. And I think they seem a lot more dominating than the Undisputed Era for one simple fact is that they can win matches without having to have the other members of their stable coming down to a system in the victory. Yeah, I completely agree. And even now, you see just Eichner and Barthel coming out here to face this uh, guys who are bigger than them. You know, Saxon Hudson, Tyson T-Bone. And Eichner is not intimidated. You see him punching around. Catches T-Bone in midair and slams him to the mat. He tags in Saxon Huxley. And Huxley comes in with a clothesline, but Eichner again managing to dodge it. And we've been impressed with uh, Eichner and Barthel as a tag team. And I think they're in a perfect place at the moment, aren't they, to continue their development? Absolutely, yeah. You see Barthel and Eichner, a double team and a kick. Barthel grabbing uh, Huxley, trying to pull him up to his feet. Who gets a cheap shot in, tries to get a tag to T-Bone, but it gets cut off. Irish ripped to the corner. Oh, looks to jump over the incoming Barthel, but gets caught with a kick to the chest. And a huge running uppercut. Up a what? And that sends Huxley flying back into the corner, hitting his head on the second turnbuckle. And now it's Barthel, who just, they look like they've turned it up, you know. They look like the guys who were, you know, kind of great athletes and a huge potential. And now since Walter has kind of taken over and got the Imperium, they've got a goal of trying to be the most dominant group. Sacred is the mat, you know. This is what they're, they're saying are. They are battling everybody, as opposed to, you know, by any means necessary. They want to prove... That in a, in a situation like this, situation they can come out on top, which again makes for a better story as well, you know. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, you know this stable again it is something very different to things we've seen before. So you know it is it's good and fresh. Yeah, well, it's a European stable without it being kind of like they are hills, but it's not kind of stereotypical like the League of Nations was in that way. 
it's a completely different team. And like I said, we haven't really seen anything of it. And that's why it makes it so fresh and exciting. The Nightmare and Barthel there after taking out Huxley just stand on the edge of the ring, posing in their Imperium style. Without a doubt, you know, you talk about the NXT UK champion or even uh, as we've seen recently with the newest edition, Alexander Wolfe, how impressive he's been. It's a, it's a group that definitely could dominate for years to come. But with TakeOver being on the horizon as well, they'll look to uh, have their name on top. And you've got to be wondering if the Grizzled Young Vets are watching backstage, even though they are heels themselves. Absolutely, yeah. And they'll be wondering about what's going to happen to the tag team division. What's Huxley getting the life squeezed out of him? Managing to come back, they hit a jawbreaker. Followed by an uppercut. Has Bartel rocked? A lovely short-arm clothesline there. Takes down Bartel. Could this be the, uh, the breath of life that this uh, young tag team need? Can Huxley get a tag to T-Bone? Well, Eichner gets in, but he's just dropped to the outside. Sneaking around the apron. Takes the leg of Tyson T-Bone out. Oh, running knee against the steel steps. And now it's Huxley trying to fight off Barthel. Doing quite successfully at the moment. He took Eichner out in the apron. Now Irish whipping Marcel. Follows up with a clothesline. Huxley's getting a... Well, I was just about to say... Getting a good bit of revenge in against Imperium, but he gets cut off. Eichner tags in Barthel. And now we're going to see double team. Even their trunks, you know, even their kind of... The, the print on it just looks impressive. And the powerbomb into the uppercut gets the job done. And I'm really impressed with Imperium. Am I... I mean, where should I be with him right now? No, I think your impressiveness is absolutely correct. Again, you know, it's another match that this stable has done without the help of anyone else you know, in their crew. As the referee goes to rave, raise Eichner's hand, the Eichner just scares the referee out of the ring and uh, Imperium stand tall. And, yeah, you know, they're, they're absolutely running through the card in very, very dominant fashion. Without a doubt. And the rest of the NXT UK roster should be worried. And like I said, they've got the music, they've got the trunks, they've got the pose. Is the future all about Imperium? Eichner looks in great shape as well. I know he's, you know, a bit small, but... I, I, I'm really impressed with these young guys and what they've done. Absolutely. All right, so we'll move on. And our next match is Ginny versus Zaya Brookside. Well, although Brookside showcased an impressive offence against Ginny, the daughter of the legendary grappler Robbie Brookside fell victim. And interference from Jazzy Gaber outside the ring, which allowed Ginny to roll up her opponent from behind for the victory. Well, this wasn't much, but they tried to get something out of this. I'll never lamate anybody trying, but it's a shame that most of the women's matches in NXT UK feel like an infomercial for Oxy. A match free, and it is the main event, and it is Mandrews versus the knockout artist Cassius Ono. Well, Cassius Ono doled out a savage beating to Mark Andrews in NXT UK's hard-hitting main event. Well, with that savage beating... Yeah, I'm going to get you, and I'm going to hit you like a tree. Here comes Sid. Dropping his opponent's throat onto the exposed steel and concentrating his subsequent attack on that same target. But despite Ono's mid-match claim that Andrews doesn't belong in a ring with a wrestling genius, the resilient Andrews fired back with a barrage of high-octane offense maneuvers, including over-the-top rope Hulkamrana out of the ringside floor. Then, in the final moments, Ono trapped his high-flying adversary as Andrews was attempting to fall to pieces off the top rope and leveled him with a cravat suplex. But rather than trying to cover his foe, Ono made the mistake of picking him up in an attempt to inflict further punishment. And that mistake came back to haunt Ono as Andrews quickly countered his attack and picked up the quick pin. Well, this was well worth the wait. This was a fire match from very two talented athletes who 
I can't think of what I was going to say. This is a good match. And uh, if I say this was one more time, I'll eat my hat. Give me a minute. Okay. It hurt, actually, and tastes like Dan Jeff. Do you know that? My, my hat's not. Oh, no, he's still one of the best in his true coup. Sounds like a cow yawning. Of NXT UK. I'm Cam Atgas. This was... I'm going to lose so many hats this week. You know that. In God's fucking oh. name, what the fuck was that? That sounds like a fucking Mike Kanellis fan <laughs> writing that. Yeah, so he picked up the quick pin afterwards. This was well worth the wait. What a great match between these two guys. Cassius Ono, of course, the veteran of NXT, coming down to NXT UK and giving guys a chance to shine against him. And man, he's one of these guys that we're huge fans of as well, Dan, aren't we? You know? Absolutely, yeah. He's, he's got loads of talent. Definitely someone, I don't know, I think someone who would be very, very, very well fitted in 205 Live. Well, that... I think he can perform absolutely out of his hat and with talented competitors like Jack Gallagher and Akira Tozawa, he could have some great matches against a lot of them. I think without doubt, but I think there's a great chance for him to have a shot in NXT UK and highly above We've seen his feud with uh, Noam Dar and of course battling now Cassano and like I said, the closing stage of that match was, was probably one of the best things on WWE TV this week and should be checked out by everybody. Yeah, so we've got some news uh, from NXT UK. NXT UK Women's Champion Tony Storm will defend her Kaylee Ray at TakeOver Cardiff. Uh, Travis Banks wants to redeem his loss to Walter. Kenny Williams will fight Noam Dar next week. Kaylee Ray, Ginny and Jazzy Gabert fight Tony Storm, Piper Niven and Zaya Brookside next week. Walter fights Trent Seven next week. Uh, well, this show came and went without too much save away, but the main event was excellent. And next week's card was built to very nicely. So let's get to it. July 24th, episode 53. And we go on to match one, and it is noted Kenny Williams. And in a shocking, shocking change of events, James, we're not going to be watching we're this match. We're not watching a No Amdar match. Now, I took your complaint last month, so we'll, we'll leave it off. But at Kenny Williams' request, the lucky Yin battled his former friend turned bitter enemy Noamdar in the opening contest. The animosity between the two competitors, who know each other so well, was clear from the word go. The tension created a highly personal, yet very intriguing contest, both inside and outside the ring. When Williams' sneaker came off in the height of the action, Dar used it as a distraction and the win, and win with the referee's back turned. The Scottish Supernova hit a low blow on his opponent and quickly followed up with a Nova roll-up for the underhand victory. Well, this is a fine way to start off the card. This match is one of these bats that speaks for itself better than I could ever say. But I'll give it a try. The action was smart. This is my kind of match, and I'm glad it got on television. And match two is Kaylee Ray, Ginny and Jazzy Gaber versus NXT UK Women's Champion Tony Storm, Piper Niven and Zaya Brooks. Do you remember what you uh, I hate the new one. So what a dominant team this could be with two of our favourites here, Piper Niven, who will be dominating the NXT UK Women's Division, and the NXT UK champ, Tony Storm. Well, will there be some animosity between Piper Niven and Tony Storm, seeing as they know Tony Storm has got what all women cover, and that is slimness. No, Um, don't. What? Don't, James. I didn't say anything. Uh, You know, Tony Storm. Fuck me, that is a beautiful peachy ass. Yes, and Tony Storm's not bad either. And like you said, these two women are going to be having a closer look. But I think on the other side of the ring, I think there's two serious threats for these smiling women at the moment. And Jazzy Gaber. As Jazzy Gaber, Ginny, of course, the skinniest woman in the next UK. And Kayla Ray, the veteran, who is definitely going to have a shot at Tony Storm's title in Cardiff. So that'll be interesting. So we start off with the two skinnies. I'm guessing... Uh... Piper and Gabe are going to square off, and that leaves Tony Storm 
and Kaylee Ray as well. Yes, so I mean, this is maybe what they're doing because. Oh well, that happened quickly because uh, Zaya Brookside tagged in uh, Tony Storm and Ginny tagged in Kaylee Ray. But let's not forget Kaylee Ray's been uh, playing mind games with Tony Storm. Ginny doesn't mind getting in there with Tony Storm. They faced off for the UK Women's Title before. We know Kaylee Ray's got a shot, and Carla Flight said, but Jazzy Gaber is probably the one who's the most interesting of the characters because she can match size for size and is bigger than Piper Niven. The wild card's Brookside, which I know you've been a fan of as well, and of course, his dad, her dad, legendary in the wrestling world. Absolute legend, Robbie Brookside. But Storm has started off, and she's. Just, we, I've talked about her confidence recently, but she just seems to be nailed on at the moment with how confident she is in the ring, being champion right now. And there is so much depth to the women's talent in NXT UK. I think, you know, the actual NXT need to kind of take a page out of their book. I think without a doubt. And here we go. Ginny went for the tag. And it's Gabert versus Niven. And Niven went back down. And not all Gabert, though. And these two big women. We see Niven. Oh, Gabert starting off the strikes. But Niven coming back with huge punches to the chest shoulder block attempt from Niven but Jazzy Gabert just stands her ground and drops Piper to the floor well let's not forget Piper Niven's beating Ray Ripley former NXT UK women's champion but Gabert has just come in and woman handled her we're now tagging her partner Ginny I mean Ginny's legs aren't too bad but her arms are just so small and that's your problem because Niven will just be down Zara Brookside gets the tag in as Piper Niven picks her up and just drops her and Niven follows <laughs> up with a running senton. A lovely double team move now. Can No, Jenny kicks out. Uh-huh. Jenny's got really s- slim arms. Well, finally, Kaylee Ray gets a tag and blocks a drop kick by Brookside. We talk about veteran versus someone that's just new in this business. You know what this match is missing? Some candy. Well, I'm sure, Kay, like you said, the women's division is stacked at the moment. Candy floss. And this is part of the problem. Let's not forget about this. Um... Candy Floss got attacked by Kaylee Ray, and Tony Storm has been friends with her recently, so she's getting underneath Tony's skin and doesn't want to be in there with her. Tagging for Gaybert. Now Gaybert just manhandling Brookside. Slams her down. Don't get me wrong, Gaybert is an impressive looking woman, you know, like, she looks like a monster at the moment, she's manhandling Brookside. She's picking her up and slamming her. Brookside's in a lot of trouble as she gets taken to the hill's corner. Kaylee Ray. My God, she's chucking her out now on that second rope. Showing her viciousness. Well, she's trying to send a statement to Tony Storm. She waves at Tony. It's just going to annoy her even more. Brookside finds herself in the wrong part of town. But Kaylee Ray decided to look at the other side as Brookside's fighting back. Brookside trying to fight out of the corner on the second rope. A lovely tornado DDT. Finally gets across. Tags in Tony Storm. But Ginny gets the tag in herself. Storm with her lovely German suplex keeps the waist lock locked in. Hits a second, but Ginny fights out. Tony Storm catches her again and delivers a thunderous third and just folds her up. Running clothesline, Storm with a pin. Two, no, kick out. Ah, uh-huh. well, credit to Ginny to withstand that attack there. Storm came in and she was on fire, baby. Kaylee Ray looking to attack Storm from behind, but gets cut off by Piper Niven. Who eliminates her from the Royal Rumble. Jazzy Gabert comes charging in. Gets low bridge. Tony Storm goes flying. Takes down Ginny and Jazzy. But I don't think Piper Niven's finished yet. She on the apron. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> well, a cannonball taking out all the heels. Zara Brookside perched on top. 
She manages to take all the women down as well. Uh, flying cross body. And all six women down on the outside. Storm pulling uh, Zaya to safety. As she throws Ginny back in the ring. Oh, oh lovely shot. And that could be it. Two. No. Just a two count. Two. Well, Storm's so impressive. And even her style is great. As this could be it now, Storm Zero. No, Gaber in from behind. But Piper Niven in. Fucking <laughs> hell, running cross body. Over Tony Storm into Gaber. Kaylee Ray with a super kick to Piper Niven. Knocking her out. And now finally one on one. No. Tony Storm <laughs> headbutts an incoming Ginny. Zaya Brookside gets the tag in. Because she finishes for her team. The Ginny comes charging towards her, gets caught with a kick. Oh, but Gaber handing Brookside on that second rope. And that second rope face buster gets the victory for uh, Ginny and the Hills. Well, I tell you what, Storm and Niven aren't losers there, even though Brookside at the pin. Well, the Hills, well, I think the Hills needed a victory, to be fair, because we know how great... I mean, Tony Storm and Niven looked brilliant in that match. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, I think there's not a problem with that. And Ginny picks up a win. And Kaylee Ray and Tony Storm didn't interact at all. In, well, they interacted, so they didn't lay a hand on each other in that no. match. Which, again, I think is good storytelling leading up to when they eventually do. Absolutely, yeah. It's building suspense for their match. I'm not quite sure what Kaylee Ray brings to things, but hopefully things will uh, unfold during the match. Without a doubt, you know. But we see the highlights of this match, uh, which is a great one, you know. And Tony Storm likes to the pipe and living, making the women's division... I, I think the best thing at the moment in... Actually, can I say that? So we move on. Yes, and it is now time for the main event. And that is Trent Seven versus the NXT UK champion, Volta. The following contest, one, one fall. So Trent Seven coming out here and he said he can't believe what's happened with uh, British Strong Style with Pete Dunne being, of course, beaten by Volta and then him at himself and Tyler Bate getting viciously assaulted just a couple of weeks ago. Can Trent Seven actually get the job done here tonight, Dan? Well, James, there's no denying that he is a big, strong boy. So hopefully, you know, he does put up a good fight. He is quite normally considered the, the weaker of the two, the uh, Mustache Mountain tag team partnership. But, you know, from day one, I've been behind Trent Seven. Right, that he was your pick in the NXT UK Championship, uh, the very first tournament. Uh, so it just shows. And like I said, it's great to see him now finally get an opportunity to maybe go out on his own in a weird way and finally show that, yeah, he's not the weak link. He's the guy that can take down the NXT UK Champion. But for Trent Seven, it's going to be a huge task to try and beat this man. And here comes the ring general. <laughs> Wait a minute. Trent Seven is not waiting around. Suicide dive taking out Walter. And I was going to say, like, Walter being intimidated, but Trent Seven is on the attack early. Well, he's uh, he's got a lot of fire in his eyes. He wants to get some revenge for what he's done to uh, himself and Trent Seven's friends as well. You know, it's... Uh, he wants to make a statement as well. Well, and this is the question. How to beat Volta, what we've seen recently. And no one's ever taken a fight to him straight away like this. And Trent Seven might have caught him off guard. Huge chops by Trent. Walter manages to fight back low with a couple of forearms. But no, Seven low bridges Walter, sends him to the outside. And Trent's looking to go flying, suicide, Jesus dive. Christ. With such force, taking Harry Cade. I think he's injured his left knee. 
in the process of that, though. My God, I tell you what, the action doesn't stop here in NXT UK. It is fast and <laughs> furious. And Seven now. This is a different side of Seven. Like I said, just so aggressive. You can see the marking on Walter's chest already. Well, I'm sure he's been given advice from uh, Pete Dunn's and Pete said, look, you need to step it up. You need to give him everything you've got and more. Right, Dad. Walter Ray and hit Trent Seven with a move that you hit bait with. No, but Seven countering with a backdrop. Oh, my God. Get into the ring to break the referee's count. And Seven still on the assault, <laughs> even climbing into the ring, just grabbing the hand of Walter, kicking away at his back. And well, the thing of we think, uh, I haven't thought of it well, you know, when you think about the size of the British long style with Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, Trent Seven's the closest to Volta in that size. I, I always found a huskier gentleman, and this is going to help him a lot in this match. You do like a bear, don't you? I do. I am a fan. Oh, no. Walter though, like, managed to block the clothesline. Like in the sleeper, but Trent Seven, very ring savvy, went straight to the ropes, but gets caught with a standing German. Yeah. Oh, yeah, can I sit down now, please? Oh, my God. And then Walter just get back control, just clubbing blows to the back of the head. And it's viciousness. Well, I think he certainly has caught Walter off guard. And again, you know, from a Trent Seven's down on the mat, but he's just kicking away and doing everything he can to kind of put Walter off his game. Shoes forearms, put Seven down. But Seven's still trying to fight. And not many men have made such an impact as Walter has, who debuted in January the way he stands now. But the Trent Seven army won't stop. A couple of chops, but Walter with a slam. Trent Seven just bounces off the canvas. Walter rubbing his chest where he's uh, been lit up by Trent Seven. I think he's uh, he's certainly got a lot of revenge planned for Trent, who's getting angry again. Well, this is the Seven that we want. There was another couple of chops, but a standing kick from Walter. Drops Seven to the mat. Walter's calling Seven out, who's uh, certainly not backing down. Now Walter just hanging Seven up on those ropes. A clubbing blow to the chest. And the fans seem to be enjoying themselves as Seven is trying to get back into this. Seven getting caught. I think Walter's looking for the half Boston. And he's got him caught and Seven now struggling. We know about his the injuries in the past. Seven's always seemed to be carrying some sort of injury. And now Walter just transitions into the STF. And Walter knows the ring general. It's not just a nickname. He wants to be in complete control at all times. And he has been. And it's really been in this match that we've seen someone taking him off his stride so far. But now it's kind of gone back. To the more traditional match that we know. As Seven looks to grab the rope. But Walter grabs the arm. Pulls it back. Gets an extra couple of seconds of mission. <laughs> as he manages to get to that bottom rope. Volta! On the ring general just kicking the back of the big strong boy. Who's uh, getting infuriated. Fighting his way back up to his feet. You don't see too many chops to the leg. But that's what Seven just tried. But again as soon as he starts getting momentum. A big boot to the face from Walter. Drops Trent Seven to the mat. And Seven will always get back to his feet. There's no doubt about that, showing his toughness. Sidesteps an oncoming Walter. Oh, my God, the full Nelson slam. Well, Seven's definitely got the crowd behind him. Can he get momentum in this match now? Some huge chops, and Trent Seven's managed to avoid a Walter chop thus far in this match. And Seven must have chopped him in, like, 28 different places. And I just grabs the arm and then working the clotheslines. Oh my gosh, huge forearm by Walter, but Trent Seven explodes out with a clothesline that takes Walter off his feet. It's like a clothesline from hell. And right to the side of the G7 with the chops trying to go for like the neck and the legs. He just wants to hurt Walter after everything that he's done to Pete Dunn, to Tyler Bate. Goes on him with the chops. Rapid fire chops <laughs> to the chest of Walter in the corner. 
Referee having to pull him off and Walker comes out of a kick to the midsection. Oh, looking to deliver one of his trademark chops. Trent Seven ducks it and again with the rapid fire chops. And the referee trying to get in. Oh! And he drops Seven with a huge chop. Goes into the cover but Seven manages to kick out. Uh, But his chest has just been caved in by Walter. But the fans are still chanting for Trent Seven. Trent Seven army. Now Walter... Again, just attacking Trent, but Trent trying to fight back with the chops. And this has been the story of the match. There's no doubt Walter's banged up, but oh my word. Huge knee drops Trent Seven to the mat. As he just dares Walter to, uh, dares Trent Seven to get up. Oh, but Trent Seven catching the boot of Walter. And now Walter's caught with nowhere to go. And the Seven with a chop to the leg, chop to the t- chest. Three huge chops for a grab of uh, Trent Seven's hand. Kicks his other hand away. And just drops him to the mat. Oh, a huge palm strike. And Seven might be out now. Dead weight at the moment. It's <laughs> Walter with a huge chop. T- well, there's no doubt Trent Seven has given absolutely everything in this match. And it's definitely appreciated for all the fans. And Kenny being the man to inflict the first defeat on Walter, he's definitely inflicted the most punishment so far. Well, Trent Seven's certainly going for it all as he scales the ropes as Walter's down on the outside. But Seven's back is obviously causing him a lot of trouble. But that's not going to stop him giving it all. Oh, no. Walter stops him in his tracks. Throws him back into the ring. Oh, my word. Now the big man going up. Oh, but Trent Seven fighting back again with a couple of huge chops to the chest. Seven trying to get up to Walter. Walter in all sorts of trouble right now. Going to go for the superplex, but Walter hanging on. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. Walter's going to try and powerbomb Seven off that second turnbuckle. But Trent's holding on for dear life. Well, this will be the end. But now Seven's got Walter. He's on the top. Superplex from the top. Huge impact. the cover. One, two. Oh. Walter with the kick out. Uh, Oh. The two big men came crashing down then. And it certainly hurt inside. And Walter's hurt so bad he's had to roll to the outside to try and get away. And again, another match featuring an Imperium member. We've not seen any other guy come down here. To try and give Walter help or try and help him out, even though they have got your numbers advantage. It's about trying to beat him one on one and trying to prove that you, you know, you are who you say you are. The ring general. Trent Seven attempting to pick Walter up, but he's back giving out, and he gets caught with a chop and a boot across the face. Seven may be out, and now Walter's got him. Oh, don't do this! Oh, a power bomb to the edge of the ring apron. Well, that's what took Tyler Bate out, and Trent Seven. Has experienced it first hand now, and, and surely this is over. Well, don't call me Shirley, but it does look like this is uh, the end for Trent Seven. Walter always wipes his feet before he comes back in, and now he's going to look to put Seven away. Oh, and another power bomb to the maybe already broken back. Well, to looking like he was going for a cover, but he, he realises now I want to inflict more punishment to the man who stands up to me. Well, the referee should maybe disqualify Walter because this could have been over now, and this is this is not worth it. He's already had two power bombs. Well, he's going for the trivector. Well, seven's out. Referees, if he checks on him, ring the bell. Ref might be for the best. Oh, we mentioned that he didn't need Imperium's help, but they're making their way to ringside. And this is all about their leader setting the example. And they set out to destroy British strong style, and well, they've gone. And they're just turning their backs as. Walter again, maybe protecting him just in case someone wants to help. And the fourth power bomb. And this is sick. This this is this is sick. 
This could end someone's career. Well, the camera's panned to the entranceway in the hope that someone comes out to help Trent Seven. Well, his two close friends have been beaten down by Imperium. Well, where's the rest of the NXT UK roster? And the fans chant, we want Pete Dunne. And a fifth powerbomb. Is Roy just going to keep powerbombing uh, Trent Seven until someone comes to his aid? Is he kind of enticing someone to come out? Well, why is the referee not stopping this? I know he wants the rest of Imperium to watch this as their leader decimates Trent Seven. Well, I've never seen anything like this. This Six powerbombs. And the yeah, referees had to put an end to this match. You, you can't, referee should have stopped that at least three powerbombs ago. At least five powerbombs ago. <laughs> I mean, stoppage victory in a brutal main event, Dan. What are your thoughts? I thought it was an absolutely good uh, main event. Yeah, we see uh, a new bit of fire to Trent Seven that we haven't seen before. Yeah, it was unsuccessful, but you know, I think this is just a way of putting Walter over as absolutely dominant. I mean, we've had one very, very, very dominant UK champion, and it looks like we've got another. Without a doubt. I mean, Pete Dunn is not around. Is anybody in the NXT UK roster going to step up to Walter and Imperium? At the moment, doesn't look that way. Trent Seven did, and now he could be destroyed. Imperium and the NXT UK champion stand tall to end the show. And what a fantastic main event. It's just sad and horrible what we saw towards the end. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Well, the news of the night, the Grizzled Young Veterans want new challenges for their tag team titles. And it's all about the main event on a fine card that delivered lots of great action and even some provocative moments of sheer suspense. But would anybody stand up to Walter and Imperium? We'll find out episode 54, July 31st. And it was taped July 19th, 20th in Plymouth Pavilion. Yes, and the show opened immediately with the terrible music and video introduction package. And we are in Plymouth for the first show from the tapings. Vic Joseph and the returning Nigel McGuinness were on the call. We were immediately we're told that we would have a sit-down face-to-face interview with Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray. NXT UK General Manager Johnny Saint and Sid Scala were in the ring and welcome everyone to the show. Sid note that NXT UK Cardiff is a few weeks away. Saint took the microphone said on August 31st. They took over while trying to wave his arms at the Triple H. You look to the clickway. Scala started talking again, but Imperium came out with Marcel Barthel holding a microphone. Well, Barthel claimed that since Imperium arrived, Saint and Scala are no longer in charge and they are no longer needed. Marcel demanded that they leave and step off the mat that is so sacred to them. They surrounded Sid and Johnny. Alexander Wolf took the microphone from Sid and passed it to Walter. He claimed that they have proved that they are not in NXT UK. He said, considering he's destroyed everyone in front of him, he wants to know who is left to challenge the ring general in Cardiff. Well, it's a good question. I mean, Imperium are dominant and maybe they could should take out... I mean, should Johnny Saint maybe come out of retirement and try one last time? Walter really wouldn't want that. <laughs> Trust me. I already destroyed anyone who came Get to the chopper. Get down. Oh, no. <laughs> but there is no one left. This is what we're saying. There is no one left to stand up and fight. Pete Dunne is gone. Seven has been destroyed. What are Scala and Saint going to do? Wait a minute! It's Tyler Bates' music. Well, Tyler Bates was taken out by Imperium, but his music's hit. They've told, uh, Walter's told the rest of them to cut him off before he gets there. And that's a good strategy, I suppose. Barthel and Eichner are prepared for Bates, who comes out from <laughs> behind and just starts wailing away. 
A lovely heel kick to the head of Wolf, who gets cut off. And now Bates getting the better of Walter in a fight situation. Situation. And a couple of lovely kicks to uh, take Barthel and Eichner off the apron. Scala's waving his arms. <laughs> really? And they're stopping Imperium getting in. And in the one-on-one fight, Bate and Walter just trading with Bate getting the advantage. Come on, Tyler. Oh. Well, there's security coming down. Let them fight. Come on. And Robbie Brookside's in there. Well, Tyler Bate is back, and he's smirking, Dan. No, James hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his face <laughs> because he knows he has got Walter's number. No. Oh, and oh! Hey, can, I, can I just mention <laughs> that Tyler Bate done all of this in flip-flops? He did do it in flip-flops, but Sid Sculler with a huge announcement. Tyler Bate will face Walter. We have our main event at TakeOver Cardiff for the next UK title. Tyler Bate, Walter, and I cannot wait. Dan, what do you think of that? Absolutely, yeah. It is going to be one hell of a main event. Um, yeah, it's going to be absolutely lush. It is the first ever UK champion, Tyler Bate, looking to reclaim the title. As the Welsh would say, it's going to be bloody brilliant. It's going to be brilliant. So we know Katie Ray versus... Tony Storm and Tyler Bate versus Walter. We are on the road to take over Cardiff. And, and Imperium cannot believe Bate. And Bate looks great as well. Absolutely, yeah. And with the reaction of the crowd and with his new rugged look and his facial expressions, Bate really came across as a star here. Well, our first match, Gallus, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang defeated pretty deadly Lewis Holy and Sam Stoker via pinfall. Mark Coffey grabbed a microphone after and said, since the start of NXT UK, they said this is their kingdom. But a kingdom is built on riches. They are setting out to make the biggest score yet and called out grizzled young vets, veterans and laid out a claim to the NXT tag title. Well, Gallus are being re-established and they need wins. Well, Jordan Devlis was shown backstage where he grabbed Sid Sculler. He was not happy that Sid had booked Walter against Bate. Sid said Devlin would get a chance to press tonight in the main event against Alexander Wolfe. So two big-time heels in the main event. Dave Mastiff was asked for his thoughts on Joe Coffey. He said Joe has a big mouth and he's not hard to find. He said that he's spoken to Johnny Saint, and next week it will be Joe Coffey versus the Bomber Dave Mastiff. Well, Ray Ripley defeated Danny Luna in our next match. Yes, and Luna is from Cardiff, South Wales, and is amongst the exciting female prospects in the UK. But similar to the first match, Ray has lost a number of matches recently and needed this dominant win to re-establish herself. Even more important, he's made a return at an NXT house show in the United States over the last week. Knox could be NXT UK bound, and it could come at her home city of Cardiff to confront Ripley, who she was in the ring with when she suffered her latest knee injury. So, interesting times ahead. We get video package shown to Kaylee Ray and Tony Storm. They both were interviewed separately, and they talked about their history and a number of personal photos from the times together wrestling all over the world were shown. Well, then... Not those type of personal pictures, oh. but, you know, different. Tony said that she looked up to Kaylee Ray as a big sister. She said that when she turned up NXT UK, she was happy, as it was what they dreamed about together. Ray said things changed over the years, and Tony knows what she's done. Tony says she's not the same Kaylee, and it makes her sad. Ray said that in Cardiff, they faced each other for the title, and Tony followed it up by saying that Kaylee knows her better than anyone. Ray said in Cardiff, she knows she's taken a championship from Storm. Well, an excellent video that's over the top. I cannot wait for Kaylee Ray versus Ton Storm at TakeOver. Eddie Dennis was outside the hospital and talked about an injury that he suffered. An MRI was shown 
of the injury and he talked about how people can blame him for the injury not for not training correctly. But he puts it down to the style of wrestling changing over the last 10 years. A video was shown of him post-operation and he said the surgeon told him he cobbled his shoulder back together. He said he retracts his statement that no one was to blame because he blames the fans, the ones who dare to boo him. Well, we get another, there's another great video and a good performance from Dennis. This audio wasn't great, but that gave the video more of an edge. And Alexander Wolf defeated Jordan Devlin via pinfall. Well, this was a good TV main event match and certainly a statement win for Wolf and by default, Emporium. There was a strange atmosphere with two hills in this match, but the crowd rallied behind Devlin with the announcers smartly framed as a crowd not liking Devlin, yet simply hating him. So there was a couple of impressive moves by Devlin, because like I said, two hills. But Wolf now has sent Devlin out. The Spanish fly is a really cool move, I think. Absolutely, you know. yeah. But yeah, Alexander Wolf getting the victory there. Tyler Bate was interviewed backstage and he said he got exactly what he came here for. He looked straight down the camera and said you thought you could take liberties with him and put him on the shelf? Bate said the big strong boy will take you down and make you look like a novice. He'll walk out of Cardiff as the NXT UK champion. Yeah, so Tyler Bate means business. He's looking to get the back the title that was originally his. But that is it now for NXT UK. Let's not forget our next episodes will be Friday, August 30th with them uh, with three episodes and then one on the live show the next day. We will be live August 31st, of course, for NXT TakeOver Cardiff with a two-hour pre-show as normal. But we'll bring you the NXT UK episodes on the Friday, the day before. And, of course, don't forget, that is after our big weekend, which starts next, next week as well. So we've got a lot of stuff in August. But, Dan, what have you thought of NXT UK and Tyler Bate versus Walter, eh? I think it's been absolutely great. You know, we've got a very strong tag team division coming through. We've got a, a really, really full-of-depth women's division. And as for Tyler Bate going against Walter, well, it's the stuff wet dreams are made of. Well, I love NXT UK, and I've been saying this for my favourite things, and they are really turning up the heat now. And like I said, I cannot wait for TakeOver Cardiff. I probably might be looking forward to that a little bit more than I will be the other TakeOvers, but we'll find out what happens there. But that is it for NXT UK. And like I said, we'll be back with more NXT UK at the end of the month. Well, let's stop for a moment, and uh, Wrestling World had some very sad news this week. Yes, WWE Hall of Famer Harley Race passed away Thursday, age 70. The news was announced on his Twitter account. Today, at 12.50, we lost the man who fought up until the very last of his existence. More information will be released soon, but just know that he loved pro wrestling and the fans that loved him. Harley Race. Well, WWE issued a statement confirming Race died as a result of complications from lung cancer. Yeah. Well, Race is a legend of the sport, winning the NWA World Championship on eight occasions. He memorably feuded with Ric Flair ahead of Starcade 1983, effectively passing the torch to Flair to become the face of NWA through the night. Well, a lost signal, the end of Race's run at the top of the sport, though he enjoyed a run with an NWF from 1986 to 1989. He won the King of Ring tournament in 1986, defeating Pedro Morales in the final. Race remained an on-screen fixture in WCW following his retirement 90. He managed Lex Luger briefly before moving on to Vader. Race and Flair rekindled their rivalry in 93 when Flair challenged Vader for the WCW world title at start. Nobody questions Race's place in wrestling, but he could have been an even bigger star if he'd just come along five or ten years later. His time in the NWA wound down just as the promotion was capitalising on national closed circuit, with Flair and Dusty Rhodes in particular riding the wave created by the annual Starcade pay-per-view. 
Then, when Race made the jump to WWF, he clearly was no longer. As more archival footage of the older NWA shows become available, though, fans were able to better appreciate Race's work and understand what made him so great. And of course, uh, we talk about Starcade 1983, and Ric Flair tweeted about Harley Race's death as well, didn't he, Dan? Ric Flair posted, Today we lost not only a great personal friend, but in my estimation, the one and only real world champion. Without Harley Race, there was no Ric Flair. I tried my hardest every day to live up to his standard in the ring. Yeah, so, I mean, it just we talk about icons in the sport and Harley Race is definitely one of them. And we talked about earlier as well, WWE Network have added a new thing called Celebrating Harley Race. And the first one, Harley Race is inducted into the Hall of Fame. That was uh, 2004. We'd already mentioned Starcade 83. And that was November 24th, 1983. And because of such, you know, little footage of kind of where heyday is as well, we get um, a couple of table for three moments. And of course, Randy Orton with Harley Race as well and the kind of stuff in WWE. But this is a man who, you know, should be remembered as one of the greats. And even someone like Triple H, who actually copied the kind of mutton chops and the style uh, later on as well, is kind of one of the greats. And he will be missed, uh, not only from WWE and the rest of the world, but I think the world as well, Dan. Absolutely, yeah. He was an absolute legend, inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2004 and rightfully deserved it. Without a doubt. This past week, the world of sports entertainment lost a legend. Introducing from Kansas City, Missouri, Harley Race. Harley Race's career was one decorated in championship gold as he held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship an astonishing eight times. Anybody that faced Harley Race when he was the world champion, you knew that you were in for a real fight. Harley was a workhorse. He was very proud of that championship. You're walking in against a man that has survived every obstacle that's ever been thrown in front of me. Harley engaged in epic title versus title clashes with WWE champions superstar Billy Graham and Bob Backlund. Right here, Daddy, is the Muhammad Ali of it all. But is perhaps best remembered for his epic rivalry with the nature boy Ric Flair. The single toughest, most intense wrestler I've ever been in the ring with in my entire life. Harley would join the WWE in 1986 and go on to win King of the Ring, after which he would nobly refer to himself as King Harley Race. I crown you the King, handsome Harley Race. I've listened to Hall of Famers tell story after story about the toughness and the skill that Harley Race possessed. That's what makes him one of the greatest superstars of all time. After an illustrious 25-year in-ring career, Harley retired from competition in 1990 and began managing for WCW's Lex Luger and Vader, leading them both to WCW World Championships. And in 2004, Harley Race would take his rightful place in the WWE Hall of Fame. I've been an extremely blessed human being. God gave me the talent to work in this business. There's not a better spot on earth than under those bright lights. Harley Race, one of the baddest dudes to ever step in a ring, a legitimate tough guy, and a guy that every single buddy in the whole business had nothing but high regard and total respect for. Harley Race passed away this past week at the age of 76. We at WWE send our deepest sympathies to his family and loved ones. Harley Race will forever be remembered by his WWE family as a friend, a mentor, 
and a champion. All right, so we move on. The last thing now is NXT update. Dan, when does NXT update start? Now! So it's 17th of July, episode 516. Mauro Ronaldo, Nigel McGuinness and Beth Phoenix welcome us to Full Sail and run down the champ's return and Kushida's next challenge. And then it's time, James, for your favourite moment of the week. It's bro time. Well, first match, Matt Riddle defeated Arto Ruas via referee stoppage. Although Ruas proved to be a worthy, although Ruas proved to be a worthy opponent of Riddle on the mat, Going hold for hold with the former UFC fighter in a brilliant technical exchanges. Riddle on the Brazilian superstar after lighting him up with a final flash knee strike and pummeling him into a ground and pound attack to earn a TKO decision. Well, this was just a squash match dressed up as a real match. Riddle just pounded on Ruiz for a few minutes and some shooting happened at some point. It was over. Riddle did well here, but it's mostly felt like a waste of his talent. But who is this mysterious man who has just come out to attack Matt Riddle? Who is it? It's Killian Dane. Oh my god! And Killian Dane has returned to NXT, and he's taken out Matt Riddle. Well, we've seen the video packages of Killian Dane, and he is uh, certainly coming out here to make a statement. And he's going against. Well, I can't believe. I'm so happy he's taken out Matt Riddle. Well, James, he must feel the same about the bro that as you do. Well, I, 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 yeah, I'm on his side right now. Sends him into the ring post on the outside. And a huge clothesline. Well, this is brilliant. I wasn't expecting this tonight, but fair play, Killian Dane. What a way to start NXT. I don't think Dane's finished yet on Riddle. I don't, I, I don't care why he's targeting Matt Riddle. You're just glad that he is. Yeah. <coughs> he's shot as well to Riddle. Riddle is out. And another huge senton or broton to the back. Oh, Killian Dane certainly hasn't shaved his back. He certainly shaved years off the career of Matt Riddle. And it's an absolute brilliant thing to see as well, you know? Like, unbelievable stuff. And he's turning Riddle up the entranceway. He's taking him right up the entranceway. (laughs) And now Riddle is just getting the beating he deserves, you know? Well, James, it's like, you know, a, a really hairy guy with long hair and a big beard. Yeah. Oh, shit. And he's just sent Matt Riddle crashing through the stage. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the big man with a beard. Well, uh, Matt Riddle is dead. Well, he must have fallen at least six feet there. At least three and a half foot. <laughs> Riddle hurts so much. This might be my greatest moment of all time. Go on, do it again. Are you going to save this into your uh, moment of greatest, best moment of the year? Yeah, I think it is one of the greatest moments of just all time. For the year end. Yeah, this isn't going to get an award. This is my match of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Killian Dane is awarded Superstar of the Year from doing that 
to Matt Riddle. What way to start? No, anything? sorry, sorry, you can't take that away from Drake Maverick. <laughs> well, it's been a good, and it's been a good review for the month so far. Well, up next, Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins bring us a special edition of Street Talk. The NXT Tag Champs run down their accomplishments, addressing how they can be serious. They encourage potential rivals to come and find them if they want to smoke. And after they do, the Street Profits will still be champs. Dawkins says it is undisputed, and Tez makes a shocked face. So, are Ford and Dawkins selling weed now? Because they're saying, you know, come and find them if they want the smoke, which is a slang term for, you want some weed? I got your buds here, boy. Yeah, maybe so. We see fan shot footage of Mia Yim attacking Marina Shafir in the parking lot of a live event. This is part of Yim's quest to get a title shot from Shayna Baszler. And the next match is Bronson Reed, Sturt Lummis, in the first round of the NXT Breakout Tournament. This is the last first round match that we're going to see. Of course, both our picks are through to the semi-finals. So, would it be either Bronson Reed or Dexter Loomis? Well, Bronson Reed and Dexter Loomis, the final competitors to debut in the NXT Breakout Tournament, gave the NXT Universe its first look at one seriously hard-hitting mastodon, Reed, and one utterly unnerving purveyor of mind games, Loomis. The enigmatic Loomis appeared entrance as he's jammed his gloved hands into Reed's eyes and nose, threatening to rearrange Reed's face with a potato head. Ah, oh, the old... <coughs> NXT is just going to be downhill from you, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not going to get any better, is it? Unless Drew McIntyre comes back with his title. Or Bobby Roode. Although Bronson's a big man. Hula Charles Bronson. Or Mike Reed. <laughs> pet, pet, pet. Oh, Can I, I be you, frank pet. with you for a minute, pet? I love you, pet. I love you, pet. <laughs> well, he is here. And he's ready to make his statement. Because Australian strong style isn't a thing. I'm sorry, Australian... You can't say a British strong style, but yeah, Australian strong style. Well, he's trying to base himself off uh, Mark Chopper Reed. It's how we wrestle the dingoes. Uh, it's how he... <laughs> Dexter Loomis in. looks like a fucking animal. Yeah, Dexter's not look too bad. He looks like a villain from a film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you said villain, not henchman, because sometimes I might have him as a, you know, number two. Two... It's a claw versus the square. Good old squarey claw. <laughs> oh my god, but big Bronson there. Gonna have Dexters. You don't get many Dexters. You don't get many Bronsons, but still. Yeah. Is it? Oh my god. There's shoulder block there, but Dexter back to his feet. Both men build momentum. Bronson takes now Dexter, and he's not so quick to respond now. Picks up look to slam him, but Dexter manages to jump over. Big elbow to the head, sends him to the outside. And there he comes over the top. Bronson moves, but he lands on his feet. Goes for the clothesline, but Bronson... A huge crossbody. A big bad Bronson at the moment, but both men showing their agility. Are you looking at my ears, mate? Hello, Sheila. All right, Shazza. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to stop there now. Oh, Dexter with a palm strike, get control. Oh, and just grabs the arm of uh, Bronson, Charles Chopper, Mark, Harris, Reed, and throws him throat first over the bottom rope. And now just with a ground and pound attack, Dexter Loomis is a fucking animal. Well, very impressive. And here they go in is this man. Very different from what we've seen. I think this is what the breakout tournament is all about. But I think if there's one guy that I've seen that I've been quite impressed with, and I'm not being biased here or anything like that, but it is Jordan Miles. But he sees my pick as well. But it's only because that he kinda, he's been the best match of the first round for me, you know? Who have you been impressed with in the breakout tournament? I've been impressed with 
Trevor Lee. Oh, wow, what a surprise. What a surprise with Trevor Lee. Well, Dex is trying to keep Bronson down, and he does that time, showing that he's got strength in himself. And the winner list will face my pick, Jordan Miles. So, I mean... It, I, Jordan Miles is fucked. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. He's either going to get squashed or fucking beaten by a James Bond villain. <laughs> but he is in control at the moment of Bronson Reed. And the thing I do like about Dexter rocking a fantastic moustache. Any moustaches anymore? No. His moustache is similar to the one that Cody Rhodes sported for a little while. Yeah, it's just a classic moustache. I mean, I think most wrestlers should have moustache. I mean, that's what November's for. Alright, can you stop talking about moustache? Bronson there with a power slam. And he's turned the match round now. Finally getting some separation. Loomis up, but caught with a huge forearm. Elbow to the face as well. Back body drop. And now Bronson Reed building some momentum. Using the ropes there. And just destroys Dexter. Oh, and then a senton into the cover. Two. No, only a two count. Two. So who would you rather have uh, your man face? Oh, my word. Um, It's going to be a difficult task, but I'd probably say I'd have... Probably have uh, Dexter, probably just because of just the size difference wouldn't be too bad, even though he just powers up Bronson Reed there. And then nips up to his feet and follows up with a lovely back-facing leg drop. Oh, my word. And Bronson managing to kick out. Uh-huh. But he has been impressive in this match. And now it might be the end here. The tattoos on his arms are almost a heart. Yeah, all Randy Orton. All Randy Orton. All Randy Orton. No, and then, because Randy Orton's and a fucking he, artwork. Dexter off the top. Swanton missed. Boom. Planted by Bronson Reed. Uh-oh. And the straps are down. That means business. And where the hell is he? And he's up top. A huge splash from top. One, two, three. <laughs> and who, who was the man that you didn't want your guy to face, James? Uh, Bronson Reed. And who is your man going to face, James? Bronson Reed. Oh, my God. He just went through Dexter Luminous, who was very impressive in this match. But that move off the top was just devastating. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Um, Yeah, you know, for uh, someone, I thought Dexter Loomis would have been able to put up more of a fight, but he just certainly wasn't enough for this Bronson Reed. Wow. So we then know that in the next round, my pick, it will face Bronson Reed. And the NXT breakout. And we also know that in the next round, your pick's going to lose. Well, we shall see, shan't we? We shall see what happens. But what about your guy then? Who's your guy's going to face? Well, my guy is going to face Angel Garza, who uh, defeated Joaquin Wilde. And my guy, Jordan Miles. I don't know, wrong one and I'm Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes, my guy. Face your guy. I told you that. See, you fucked Yeah, they fucked up. Bronson Reed's not going to face my guy. He's going to face your guy. Yeah, um, Cameron Grimes is going to smash him. Yeah, Cameron Grimes is going to lose that one then. That's brilliant. That's exactly what I wanted. And my man, Jordan Well, no, Miles... because I asked you who you didn't want your guy to face. Yeah. You didn't ask me. I'd rather... I didn't want my guy to face Dexter Loomis because I was concerned about that. But now he's going against Bronson Reed. I'm, I'm a lot more relieved and happy. Well, good for you. I'm going against Angel Garza in the next round, in the semi-final, uh, as we continue the breakout tournament on NXT. What was that before? Well, Kathy Caddy catches up with Tyler Breeze at a photo shoot. He said he's learned one of the he, he says he's learned one of the things that's changed since he left is that everybody has a team, so he has a choice. Before he can reveal that choice, Forgotten Sons roll up. They call him a blast on the past and says he's out of a place now. 
Freeze gets in a crack about how much things have changed, asking if Jackson Riker is Buddy Murphy. Wesley Blake says there you go, being funny, but Riker is something Prince Pretty's never seen before. Tyler leaves saying he's seen everything. And after a recap of Io Shirai's promo from last week, we learn Shirai will face Casey Cantazero next week. Well, now it's Kushida versus Apollo Crews. I don't know how. So, Co- <laughs> so Kushida has asked people to step up to him, and we've seen Cassie Sono and, of course, Drew Gulak coming up and losing. And tonight, it's Apollo Crews. He's going to get his chance. Of course, he was in NXT. He has a chance to go for Kushida. I mean, what are your thoughts on Apollo Crews? We haven't seen him in ages. Well, he was absolutely very dominating in NXT. I mean, you know, he didn't get too much of a chance, but he was still impressive, and hopefully he can improve on what he was doing down in NXT as opposed to the shit show that he got faced with on the main roster. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be like Tyler Breeze and part of the NXT or if he's just come down for the one match, but wherever it is, he seems happy to be back. He's getting a hell of a response. Well, the fans chant welcome back as he gets ready to lock up with Kushida. Like you said, Dan, there's no doubt in Apollo Crews as a fan. A bit show respect to the early going as well. Some of the likes of uh, Apollo Crews, he has got immense explosive power and speed. <clears throat> you see Kushida can hang around with the more technical side of it. But like I said tonight, he's going to be challenged in a different way as both men just feeling each other out in the early going. And there's Kushida just riding the back of Crews. He's showing that he's got control. The crew's ducking the kick. Kashida's saying I was close, but Apollo Cruz replies, well, not close enough. And there's Cruz showing his athleticism there. And Kishida, to his credit. Both men running the ropes. Both of these guys, certain fan favourites. But a beautiful dropkick there, Cruz. Who are nation indeed. And now he's going to take Kashida back. Or well, Irish whip across and just a clothesline. Kushida enticing Apollo Crews out of the ring, runs back into it, runs the ropes and hits him with a handspring kick. I honestly really don't know what to make of this Kushida. I'm not impressed. What do you mean you're not impressed? He's brilliant. How can you not like Kushida? I just don't know what to make of him. Is he too technical, was it? You want him to do more? No, I'm sorry, but James, unlike you, I don't fall in love with men straight away. Well, I'm sorry, but you have to have respect that he's gone against some of the best that NXT and 205 Live have to often come out on top. James, remember when you told me that Enzo More was good? Enzo More was Cruiserweight champion. You told me he was good. From the very beginning, James, I hated him. Oh, I'm Cru- not saying I hate Kishida. You hate Kishida like you do Enzo. I'm not saying I hate... I just You take everything out of context. I said I'm not struck on him. Kishida fighting back, though, removing Cruz's legs from around his neck, throwing him up into the air and a kick to the ribs. Well, the fans definitely cheered Cruz earlier, but they are fans of Kishida as well. And I'm going to make you a fan of him before the, I think the episode's out. Look at Kushida now with the strikes. I'm not entirely convinced as Cruz pushes him off, but Kushida comes back with a handspring back elbow, a hip toss and a cartwheel into a basement drop kick from Kushida. Kushida showing his quickness. I'll say building ahead of steam, but he went to the other corner. Jumps over the top rope, hits him with a step up in Seguri. Springboards his way in from the bottom rope and hits a tornado DDT. And Cruz might be out. Goes for the cover, but no, Cruz managing to kick out. Ah. Uh-huh. And Kushida now got the armour cruise. Just twists it. Kicks to the arm and Kushida's trying to lock in a <coughs> cross arm breaker, but Cruz just powers out of it. Kushida with some back elbows charging towards Cruz, but a pump kick drops Kushida into the cover, but only a two count. Two. Now Cruz is thinking, okay, tougher than I thought then. But with his sheer power now, gets him up. Deadlift German. Keeps the waist lock locked in. Hits a second. Cruz going for the trivector. Oh my God. God, 
turning him inside out. And that was a thing of beauty there. <laughs> What's a standing shooting star? <laughs> it's just fucking Mauro Ronaldo's reaction to it. <laughs> yeah, it is a good move, but it's been done before, mate. Well, he couldn't keep Kushida down, managing to kick out. Ah. <clears throat> oh, my God. Picks him up, the gorilla press, but Kushida managing to dodge that land on his feet. Cruz comes charging in, but gets planted face first into the second turnbuckle. Cruz a bit more wary than uh, Kushida is at this moment. As Kushida springboards his way off the top rope, Hurricane Rana takedown, but Cruz turns it around into a pinning attempt to kick out. Uh-huh. Both men trading kicks beautifully. Overhead bicycle kick, then a step up in Seguri in response from Cruz. The fans chart in NXT, both men down. Cruz might be taking a little bit longer to get to the top rope than usual. There has been a battle with Kushida. Kushida recovers in time, though, to cut Apollo Cruz off. But Cruz with a forearm, sending Kushida all the way down. And a handspring attack, stop Cruz on top. Both men in a precarious position, trying to jostle for dominance. Oh my word! And a cross arm breaker, a uh, submission from the top. Well, fully extended, but Cruz managing to turn. Kushida holding on for dear life, Cruz trying to reach out for the ropes. Well, rolls in through now, looking for the Kimura. But is Cruz just too powerful? No. no. Taps out. My God, I can't believe Cruz went down that way, but Kushida. Showing he's a technical expert there. Dan, what are your thoughts on the match? I thought it was a good high-octane match. I go wrong between the two, but I'm still, I still need to see more from Kushida to be impressed. He's not performed anything I haven't seen before. Well, let's see if Kushida, treat the lack of personality, he's hurting him a little bit. I think it does, yeah, but it's... I, I don't know, it's like, what does he want? What's his ambitions? I know everyone wants to be champion, but, you know, I want to I wanna know what his motives are going down the line. I don't think there's no denying... Uh, he's a great worker, but I think the thing is, like you said, you need to find out his goals, aspirations, and how they can do it, even if it's going to uh, get the manager in to do it for him or in other ways as well. Like I said, Kushida can only beat uh, talent that comes in every now and again. He's now beating some for 205 Live, NXT to UK, and the main roster, so maybe he's next to go into a feud. See, and if he's going to do a high-octane risk move like that, he should have got the victory from there. Not turn it around into a Kimura lock. But I suppose it's shown different variations that he can do. It is different that. variations, but I wanted to see him, if he was going to win it, win it from that fucking top rope, because that was impressive, don't get me wrong. But it should have been one from there. Well, to recap of Io Shirai's promo from last week, we learned Shirai will face Casey Cantazaro next week. And it is our main event. It is Adam Cole versus, yes, James, you guessed it, Twan. Tucker. Twan Tucker. And it is an NXT championship. So it's going to be the man's first defence. Well, as Adam Cole found out, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. The NXT champions plan total defence was exposed to just another attempt by the Panama City playable to Needle Gano after Cole revealed that his hand-chosen challenger would be Twan Tucker, the Cleveland area wrestler in training whom Gagano encouraged to follow his dreams on Target Takeover 25. And whom Cole mocked on his Bay Bay Championship tour. Cole promised the WWE hopeful a fair fight and explained that he had come alone sans any other Undisputed Era members. The same could not be said for Tucker. Rather than take Cole up on his offer, Tucker revealed he brought back up in the form of Johnny Wrestling. Oh my God, it's Johnny Wrestling. Johnny Gargano is back. And Gargano doesn't look happy, the former NXT champion. You see him the first time since losing. And here we go, Gagano and Cole going at it. Cole went for a super kick, but Gagano blocked it on his own. Hit a second super kick off the apron, and Adam Cole is reeling. 
I bet he wish he brought the rest of his Undisputed Era members. And Gagano now just going through the crowd with Cole. And Cole managing to send Gagano to barricade, get away. And look at Gagano, right hands. Well, left hands. Gagano just unleashing with rights and chops. Adam Cardo with a slide back elbow, taking down Gagano, but Gagano reverses an Irish whip, sends Cole into barricade. <coughs> but here come the trainers, referees, EMTs down. And they're taking Gagano away after the assault. But he's sending a statement to Adam Cole that he wants to be the NXT champion. And Cole's saying, no matter what, I'm still champ. <laughs> wow. Johnny Gagano comes flying off the stage, taking for a second assault. Cole trying to backpedal, but Gagano just beating him all the way down to the ring. And then Cole fighting back, dropping that knee pad, but runs into a super kick from Gagano, who hits a DIY kick to Cole. He's not finished there, though. He's got the Gagano escape locked in. And Adam Cole is tapping out. Referee's trying to pull Gagano off. Is this a... <laughs> <laughs> is this a sign of things to come? I think <laughs> Jessica Carl's trying really hard to pull Gagano off. Yeah, that's his leg, by the way, that she's oh. pulling hard. And Cole's tapping, but like I said, with takeover on horizon, and Gagano Cole to go at it again, it is a statement sent for me. So, um, what happened with Twan Tucker then? Well, Twan Tucker was a lucky fucker. He got out there, and Gagano, it was all to set up Gagano beating the shit out of Adam Cole. So the news of the night is as follows. Johnny Gagano will fight Adam Cole in a three stages of hell, two out of three falls match at TakeOver for the NXT Champion. Mia Yim attacked Marina Shafir to incite Shania Baszler to an NXT women's title fight. And Killian Dane attacked Matt Riddle and it was awesome after this match to start a feud. Yes, Matt Riddle might as well be gone for good. We move on to our next episode, July 24th, episode 517. We get a recap of last week's issues that set up TakeOver Toronto's NXT title match. Some slip. Maro over the top Ronaldo. Nigel McGuinness and Beth Edge Phoenix welcomes us back to full sail. The breakout tournament semi is up first. And it's my pick Jordan Miles versus Angel Garcia in the semi-finals of the NXT TakeOver breakout semi-finals. So here comes Jordan Miles ready for action and of course my pick in the breakout tournament and uh, he definitely showed what he was all about in the last round and looking to uh, go up against Gaza tonight and go through the semi-finals. Go through to the final. final. Yeah, the final. And of course the point for points from the system on the line. Work out all the points at the end of the tournament but rest assured if he wins tonight's I'd but, rather go against Bronson Reed than fucking Angel Garza. Look at it. We didn't mind Garza he last looks like time. The primo Carlito yeah. fucking epico mashup. Well, that's what we were talking about, wasn't it? And uh, he took his trunks off, and then we, we had oh, all yeah, the fun. That was well horny. Um, that was <laughs> yeah, fun. yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So we have seen he did impress us, and it's a bit of a shame. Look that at he, him, look, kissing the young ladies. He has to be knocked out uh, in the next round. I'm sure he's someone's cousin. I think we worked out last time around as well. If you're not sure, people, just go back and listen to it. And Garza now coming in, and Jordan Miles will be ready for the match of his life. And what matchup this should be, Miles is a little bit bandaged up at the moment, but it won't stop him here as he looks to take out Garza. His name, yes, his name is Humberto Solan. The Humberto Crillos. Guess when his birthday is? The 4th of July. Well, Garza were a bit of disrespect there early on to Miles. I thought it was going to be a fair lockup. And now Colin Abertop to start. And Garz manages to switch the go behind. Miles out of it. Yeah, but Miles has got an injured thigh. He wants to worry about that. Take your trousers off. 
Well, that's what the fans are chanting right now. Well, I say fans, I mean Dan. But Miles will be in this match. Of course, I like the name Miles as well, because that was the name of uh, Tails from Sonic. True story. Tails, Miles. He's too smiley. What's wrong with being smiley? Just because you've got a constant grimace on your face doesn't mean someone could be happy. You don't complain about the New Day. God, they're too happy. Compared to the New Day, I knew you were going to say that. But they're happy. Like the Bushwhackers. There you go. Don't even fucking mention the Bushwhackers in the same breath as this fucking wannabe amateur twat. Don't have a go at Hector Garza like that. And Jordan Miles with the (laughs) arm drag. He's got control now. Well, we'll be seeing your pick in action later, so we can I can slate him as much as you're doing mine right now. You can try. I but will. You will fail. I will try. As Miles now. Yeah, just... definitely. What uh, Ga- Hector Gaza is an. You think Gaza's easy? I'd rather face fucking Gaza than that fucking big unit that just squashes you from the top. Well, Bronson Reed. I mean, he's nothing, you know. He's the man that I wish my man never had to face. <laughs> well, look at Jordan Miles there, beautifully managing. To show the athleticism with a cartwheel. Yeah, why don't you just fucking... Ball MVP fucking move. Yeah, exactly. MVP trained him. No, well, it sounds good though, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just saying. Garza on the apron. You never know. <laughs> He's calling Miles on, but like, lulling him into a full sense of security. Well, Miles... Oh, hey! my God. How's about that for a fall from grace? He shouldn't have been fucking... Bragging and boasting to the fans, you should have kept your eye on the prize. Boom. James. Well, Garza's showing his aggressive nature and what it means to get through because the winner of this tournament will get a title shot at any NXT Championship of their choosing. So it's a huge opportunity for these young guys just making their first appearances in NXT. Boom. The trousers are off, James. That means Miles the Smiles. Is in trouble. Even I'm applauding that. I'm sorry, Miles, but you know when you start doing stuff like that, when a referee count now, this could be the end. See, look, he's injured, but he's still smiling. Maybe, <laughs> but that's a grimace. He's the hamburger. And now just attacked by Gaza for a double underhook. Oh, and the power of Gaza! Lovely backbreaker there. No, Miles managed to kick out uh. with so much strength left in him. He looks all right at the moment. And Garza now just working with Jordan Miles. And now look at this. The camel clutch in by Garza. And just ripping the face. Now smile, you son bitch. Come on, can he get to the ropes? Miles struggling to get there, but Garza holding him off. Drops his way onto the back. But Miles with a cheeky roll-up. Only a two count. Two. And oh. he eats a super kick. And one of his teeth just come flying out. Two. Good night. No. Miles showing the heart. Determination of a true warrior. Getting a shoulder up at two. Two. You can't beat Primo Epico Carlito. Well, Garza now is just taking his time, just punishing Miles. But he's not putting him away just yet. Garza just punting Miles. Frozen bottom turnbuckle. James, how confident are you feeling right now? Well, not that great. He's not smiling anymore as he gets his head taken into that turnbuckle. But he is not out just yet. Is there anything we've ever learned? The guy's hanging in there. No, James, if there's anything you've ever learned, if a man rips off his pants halfway through a match, he's going to beat you. Garza now talking miles, but he blocks it. Oh, you want serious? You're going to get serious. And returns the favour. Sends Garza's head into the turnbuckle. Follows up with a flurry of kicks to the chest. Come on, ref, that's been more than five seconds. Road break, road break. 
referee is taking time. The referee's taking too long to count. I mean, he's already fucking punched Oh, I can hear you scared. You can see the fire in Miles when he makes his comeback. You worried about your man, even though he's going to get beaten by Bronson Reed. Who? Now, Miles. Here he comes. Huge forearm shot knocking Garza down. Does it for a second time. Back to his feet, though. Trips him over and kicks him in the side of the head. But Miles can't capitalise on this. But wait a minute. He nips up. Garza doesn't know this. Hadouken. Here comes Miles. Huge clothesline. Throws Garza to the mat. My boy's going up. He's taking too long about it, though. So that means Garza's going to come back and kick him in the teeth. Come on, Jordan. Get up. Ah, oh. oh, see. Took too long. Told you. Garza far too clever for Miles. Oh. Who attempts a springboard back into the ring, but gets caught in the midsection with a drop kick. And one, two, three. Yes! My boy is still in this one. By the skin of his very smiley teeth. Well, at least he's still got a smile on his face as Garza now sets him up for the finish. That's it, Garza. Lovely springboard moonsault, but Miles rolls out of the way. Garza lands on his feet, gets his leg sweeped, super kick to the side of the head. Come on, Jordan. Build momentum again with a clothesline. And Miles out of power, deadlift German. One, two, three. <laughs> That's a shit finisher. Hey, I don't give a fuck. He got the job done, didn't it? Jordan Miles wins this one. Another point to me. My pick is in the final. My pick is in the final. Dan, is your pick in the final? And no, he's not. My pick is in the final. What a great match that was. Jordan Miles showing what talent he's got. Not only easily beating Bio Aboa, but also beating Angel Garza to make it to the final, to beat Bronson Reed. I mean, what an achievement for me and for him. What a great he match. I can't even was. believe he's in the final, though. I know, because it was a great achievement, Mike. It's the only achievement he's going to achieve is getting to the final. <laughs> well, I do have a record, but let's hope it changes this time. But I didn't think that was a too bad match, and I think Garza is someone that he should definitely uh, be looking at to have on the NXT roster soon. It wasn't terrible, but and I am going to be critical here because what else would I be? But I think that Miles has got too many foibles. He's got his silly little arm thing. He's got his stupid little dance, fucking things like that. He's got his rah. He's got his ruin. He's got his arm. Do you not agree with me, though? Am I talking absolute codswallop? I think you're very biased, but I can see he's not the polished... uh, He has got too many things, though. Yeah, but uh, you can see the talents there. That's all that matters at this moment in time. He's not talentless. Exactly. He's he's no Randy. Well, Dan, no one is, are they? Well, Shane Thorne crashes the announce table after the match. wants to know why NXT debuted new stars in this tournament when they have him. The remaining half of the mighty so he doesn't need a tournament to break out. He'll do it on his own. Johnny Gagano is first to announce the stipulation for his NXT title match with Adam Cole in Toronto. He mentions Cole taunting his family and friends in his hometown during his Bay Bay tour and says that made it personal. In New York, he was willing to do whatever it took to become champ. It's not about that anymore. Cole could bring his boys and whatever else as long as he brings a belt. His fall is a street fight. A match to his Bianca Belair defeating Zia Lee. Exhibiting the same heightened aggression that's been her calling card since suffering back-to-back losses to Mia Yim, Bianca Belair has made a thunderous statement against Zia Lee. The EST of NXT enjoyed an obvious power advantage as she manhandled a smaller opponent 
at one point tossing the self-described spicy girl fall away slam without even leaving her feet. Lee's attempt to kick her way back into the match proved fruitless when Belair barreled through her with a devastating forearm smash en route to a KOD. That spelled the end for Zia Lee. Well, Belair looked good in a decent squash of a match. This is a one-sided affair with Belair muscling a Chinese... This is a one-sided affair with Belair muscling a Chinese vest around the ring. Lee gets free, lands on a fin when he is. He lifts her in a vertical suplex position. After some other talks, she lands some kicks for getting shoulder tackled to the ground before the end. Killian Dane gives a video to explain why he attacked Matt Riddle last week. He wouldn't attack anyone from behind, but Riddle isn't just anyone. He's a former UFC fighter who might be the toughest guy in the world, but now he's in Dane's world, where there are no rules. When he puts the British, he gave him a glimpse of his world. Killian can't wait to show him more. Well, earlier this week at the performance centre, we see Mia Yim attack Jasmine Duke. She asks the horsewoman if she thinks this is a game, then kicks a locker door onto her shoulder before marching up. North American champ Velveteen Dream is here. Well, his own face on the back of his jacket. The only way he'll step down as champ is when the experience dies. Then he wants to go straight to hell. Because that's what his life would feel like without the title. And that's what it felt like when Roderick Strong sold his soul to the devil to pin Dream. Roddy is a hell of a man and Velveteen's heard he can go all night. But Strong isn't ready for the experience or the spotlight. And when it's on him... He'll know he's not big enough to ride this ride. Dream thinks someone might be big enough, though. And if that person can hear him, he wants to experience him. Well, that brings out strong. Cool story, but Roddy doesn't think Dream believes anything he says. If any of him, even though his glasses, even through his glasses, Strong can see it in his eyes. Roderick says he's the most deserving challenger and he wants the champ to give him what he wants. He's the real deal and he'll take the title in Toronto. And when he does, the experience dies. While they're staring each other down, Pete Dunne's music hits. Roddy gets in the bruiserweight's face and Dunne snaps his finger for him. Strong rolls out and the former UK champ eyes Dream's title with a smile. Velveteen holds up the belt as he leaves. And the announced team wonders what this means for TakeOver. So Pete Dunne in NXT. Are you surprised that he's in NXT rather than going back for a rematch? I am very surprised, yes. But, um, you know, it is a good welcome change for the bruiserweight. I think, you know, he can take on and defeat the best that any brand of NXT has to offer. Well, Strong drags the cameraman back to General Manager Winnie Regal's office. He complains about Dunn and says he's the man who pinned the dream, so he should get the North American title shot in Toronto. Spoken to NXT UK General Manager Johnny Saint, and the bruiserweight is going to be a part of NXT for a while. And at TakeOver, he will now be a triple threat match. Strong complains some more, but says fine. But he wants Pete next week so he can make sure he doesn't make it to Toronto. Mr. Regal takes it under advisement and asks Strong to give him some space. And we go on to match three and it's Io Shirai defeating Casey Cantazaro. Well, like a grenade that had just been tossed into a ring, Io Shirai exploded at the gate clash with Casey Cantazaro. However, Shirai didn't have long to inflict pain on the former American Ninja Warrior star as almost as soon as the match got underway, Candice Array rushed to the ring to unleash hell on her former friend. And in a sense, Array cracked... Shirai with an insecurity and Tapizolo with a suicide dive for grabbing hold of a steel chair, the same implement that Shirai used to battle Array inside a steel cage last month. Tenacious C might have been out for justice, but she won't find it this night as Shirai quickly hightailed it out of harm's way. This was less than a minute because that's what people tune in for. And our main event is Damien Priest defeating Keith Lee. Well, Keith Lee will have to wait a little longer to change the narrative in NXT. The Titanic superstar whose frustrations have been mounting by the minute come oh so close to 
dealing an impressive newcomer, Damien Priest, his first loss on the back and gold band. The only thing standing in Lee's way, it turned out, were his own emotions. Lee matched the archer of infamy in terms of speed or regression. The two, the two colossuses wowed NXT fans with their incredible mobility as they deftly dodged each other's strikes in fast-moving exchange reminiscent of Crouching Tiger. And both superstars played immense power, whether it was Priest launching the 330-pounder through the air with a falcon arrow, or Lee catching Priest when the 249-pounder flipped over the top rope with a toe-pay Congero. Lee came undone, however, after Priest kicked him back first into the still steps. The impact reverberated live, but Lee's skull indicated he wasn't so much pain as he was in rage. Losing all composure, he charged after Priest, giving the chase into the ring. That only played into the archer of infamy's hands. Priest slightly pulled the referee between himself and Lee, causing a momentary distraction that allowed him to cobble Lee with a cyclone kick and the reckoning for the win. Well, these guys probably broke a ring buckle or two on their way to finishing this match because they're so big. Like when the match just looks different from the first ring of the bell, this was a fun main event that had just enough to make up for Lee losing, which I don't think should have happened. And the news of the night is... Mia Yim attacked Jasmine Duke to further the feud between Yim and Shayna Baszler... And Pete Dunne is now part of NXT for the foreseeable future. And on that note, Pete Dunne, Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dream will fight for the NXT North American title at TakeOver Toronto. And Candice Ray attacked Io Shirai. The two out of three falls match for the NXT Championship will have a traditional singles match and a street fight as two of its stipulations. Jackson Riker fights Tyler Breeze next week. My man Cameron Grimes defeats Bronson Reed next week. Yes, James, <laughs> you heard it. He defeats him. And Pete Dunne fights Roderick Strong next week. This was a show that was more about building towards other shows rather than savouring the one you were watching. So let's get on with it then. It's July 31st, episode 518. Work is acting weird, but behind a message asking me if I want to watch Wide Along from the beginning, I can see Prince Pretty making his entrance a full sale. Mauro Ronaldo, Beth Phoenix and Nigel McGuinness are talking about his story. So here we go. It's Jackson Ryke who's a Big man in there, of course, of the Forgotten Sons. And they had a word or two to say to Tyler Breeze last week. And he's in there, but like I said, he feels like he needs to be in team. But it's a three-on-one disadvantage. Breeze now with Riker. But again, another really talented guy. Have you been impressed with Tyler Breeze since coming back down to NXT? He hasn't been performing too bad. But, you know, again, I don't know if he's just here as a kind of enhancement character to put over, you know, the likes of... The Forgotten Sons or Velveteen Dream, etc. You know, if he's down here to prove a point, then he needs to prove his point, really. Exactly, he needs to start picking up victories and making it in NXT as Riker just throwing off the dream. Prince Pretty. Prince Pretty. But now Tyler fighting back. And now Breeze stumbling Mudhell, walking it dry, showing a bit more aggression. Follows up with a flying forearm into the corner, but just gets caught by Riker, who plants him. And Jackson Riker is very impressive. He had a lot to say in the uh, tag ladder match at TakeOver where he got involved. And since then, the Forgotten Sons have been kind of forgotten again a little bit in a, in a weird way. But can a victory tonight against Tyler Breeze? Have they turned more of a tag team to just focus on him as a single competitor? Do you think that's a good strategy? Um, I think it is, you know. It's a way to conquer a couple of different markets. You've got the tag team there. And uh, you've obviously got the singles star in uh, Jackson Riker, but I think they're certainly building Jackson Riker to be the bigger, stronger, more, you know, powerful man of the three. Yeah, they're going to break out star if they're so looking to be. And at the moment, he's just dominating Tyler Breeze. Breeze trying to fight out submission, and Riker just taking 
Prince Pretty down again. And just a huge back break and just saying, look what I can do. There's no doubt he's impressive, big man. Uh, big man. Riker just toying with, who catches him with a step up knee to the jaw. Trying to get his way back into this match. No way, mate. Cutler was on the apron load, distracting Breeze. Well, didn't really pay a distraction, even though Breeze got a kick in. Oh, choke slam attempt. Breeze rolled him up. Got it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Breeze was beating Jackson Riker. That was a shock. Oh, and Riker was. And Breeze did say. Well, you did say so about Breeze. He needs to pick up victories. But now it's a 3-1 beatdown. Well, he may have won the battle, but he's certainly going to lose the war. Well, Tyler Breeze hasn't got any friends in NXT. And this could be the end now. But Breeze fighting off. Manages to get one shot in before he's round into the corner and just kicked the shit out of. And now Reich is going to set him up for a powerbomb. Who's this making their way to the ring, though? Wait a minute. Look, he's back. It is Fandango, and he is clearing house. He's on fire. This mean Breezango <gasps> is back together the again. Greatest tag team of all time. Oh my god! Cutler dropped right on Blake's head. The Fashion Police are going to make a few more episodes. Oh wow! Reunited NXT. Oh, Jill <laughs> super kicks. And you like that, Blake? Look at the fans on their feet. Loving Breezango back together. And what a moment. And Fandango looks fantastic. He does look like a completely changed superstar. I mean, <laughs> I'm glad he's away from his ridiculous dancing gimmick. But I hope he keeps his theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fandango And the whole fans in unison. Well, Tyler Breeze saved by remember the name. Fandango. No, it's Fan. Well, after a recap of last week's run-in between Io Shai and Candice Ray, we see Candice pacing in a parking lot, awaiting Shai's arrival. And Slipknot's Unsainted is an official theme song of TakeOver Toronto. And up next, it's the NXT TakeOver Breakout Tournament. It is my man, Cameron Grimes, versus... Bronson Reed. My God, your man's going to lose and I'm getting through the final. I'm already there. Jordan Miles awaits either Bronson Reed or Cameron Grimes. I'm just going to sit here just, just happily in the knowledge. Look how big Bronson Reed is. He's massive. The bigger they are, the harder they hit. <laughs> <laughs> Bronson Reed. And we talk about a man not looking like a WWE superstar. That being Cameron Grimes coming out here. I mean, what is wrong? Why don't he sort himself out a little bit? Do you know what I mean? Like, trim yourself up, maybe sort your hair out, put on some trunks, get yourself waxed. I mean, you know, what, what is this? James, that man is the caveman, Trevor Lee, a.k.a. Cameron Grimes. Well, maybe you should fuck off back in his cave then, you know what I'm saying? <sighs> Look, he ain't scared of him. Look, he's right in his face. Bronson Reed's like... I'm no, going to shit myself now, mate. He's getting in just cast I'm going to go and jump in my kangaroo's pouch and Tre- fuck off home. Trevor Grimes is getting in Jessica Carr's face and Bronsby's telling Jessica Carr down. is checking out Cameron Grimes and his Picard. I'm sorry, but Jordan Miles is a clear winner if Jessica is picking. She might, might, not, might not go that way. I mean, let's not assume. And look at this power. You can see in the early game it's going to be all Bronson Reed. He's going to dominate. Tell him, Jess. Wait. Tell him. 
Well, he ain't backing down. He's going straight for the big man. You ever heard of Aussie Strong Style? It's the third most dangerous Strong Style in the world, Dan. James, no one is stronger than a fucking caveman. Aborigines. He'll beat you over the head with his club and take you back to his cave. And you'll have no choice but to fulfil his every desire. And Sorry, what was we talking about? And look at the power there, Bronson Reed. And he's... look how quickly Cameron Grimes managed to kick out. Uh, easy. Quicker than that. Uh, Quicker. That's uh, that, eh? And he took him out easily. Now he's got the submission in. Cameron Grimes is just lulling him into a full sense of security. He's like, yep, you may be choking me out, but I'm going to beat you. I'm going to rip your eyes. I'm going to gouge your eyeballs out. I'm going to pull your Aussie hair. And I'm going to stamp on your foot because he's a fucking genius. Look, bang. How many times have you seen escape from a sleeper by someone standing on someone's foot? Never. Exactly. Exactly. Now, look, just outpowering the powerhouse. I mean, you've never seen anything as impressive as that in your life. Yep, you can try and suplex me, but I'm going to land on my feet and club you over the back. You ain't so clever. Yep, you may hit me with a spinning back elbow and it may knock me out, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to be stronger than ever. Well, you're but... just watching in awe, James. I can see your jaw is just about to hit the floor because you are impressed. Yes, the man may take a slap or two across the chest. Yes, he may bounce his head <laughs> off the turnbuckle. But Cameron Grimes, James, is going to come back stronger than ever. He's just having a cuddle. Now, ram your shoulder into my gut. See if that bothers me. Cameron Grimes don't even need to block his strikes because they're not even hurting him. Well, all nine of them. He's cuddling the bottom rope. He's a caveman. And like Cameron Grimes, ever defiant, says, yeah, you want it? Come out here then and fight me. Why is he ground. running away scared then? No, he's, cha- he's getting him to chase him into the ring. And look, bang, see? How stupid are you? But he's Very. a caveman, that's stupid. No, you're stupid. No, that's not me, that's Cameron Grimes saying. Yeah, I may not be able to pull you to the corner. And you may revert to the corner. But I'm going to sidestep you and head, uh, throw your <laughs> head you into the turnbuckle. you stop doing that? <laughs> see, oh. look, the power of the caveman. Close lines a big man down into a cover, but only a two count. Two. And look, he's just finger in the eyes, elbow in the jaw. Finger in his what? Finger in his arsehole. What? Eyes. <laughs> eyes. I oh, said so that's your other favourite, isn't it? Randy Orton. <laughs> you fucking wish. Anyway, Bronson Reed is in a lot of trouble. He's not in a lot of trouble. He is in a lot of trouble. It's been a back and forth match. Yeah, Never. Bronson's been backing up. And <laughs> Cameron Grimes is going to go forth for multiply. <laughs> Well, look, Grimes has just got a big man down, wearing him down. A fish hook in the mooey. Well, it's weird that, you know, Bronson Reed is not the most attractive man, but, you know, he's much better looking than Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes is absolute gorgeous. No. And he's got no pacage. He's got a lot of He's got nothing. He's like a kendo. You're like a kendo stick. And a power slam there. Bronson Reed absolutely ripping the insides up of Trevor Grimes. What's his name? Cameron Grimes. See, I even forget the guy's name. Because you're a moron. You don't appreciate what good talent is. <clears throat> I mean, this guy, Bronson Reed, is definitely the favourite in this tournament. And oh, it. and a huge Aussie Samoan drop. And now he's going to put him away. Running sent on. Job done. A lesser man like Miles would be out by no, now. Well, Grimes is out. One, One two. two. Oh, look. look. He had to Doesn't cheat. need to waste his energy by getting his shoulder off the mat. Didn't he have just the energy. Like, lacks a day. Way out. Lacks a day. Putting his foot on the bottom rope. Had to cheat. No cheating, but. Well, you shouldn't have rope breaks. You shouldn't have Real rope people breaks. shouldn't have rope breaks. And look at him. Desperately holding on. Cheating now. Referee should be counting. Yeah, look. Oh, come and say hello to me. Bang. Twang the rope in your fucking eyes. He is innovative. 
and a Superman forearm. Better than the Roman Reigns Superman punch. Well, there we go. There's a forearm itself from Bronson. Boom, and a, just a big kick to the side of the head. Boom, big forearm to the movie of Grimes. And the straps are down. And no man has ever beaten a man who's got the straps down. Oh, oh. very impressive from Grimes. One, two, three. And the shock result of the world, Cameron the Caveman, Trevor Lee Grimes, has just cemented the victory that takes him to beat the fuck out of your man, Smiley Miley. Well, your man somehow escaped there with victory. I don't know how. Impressive. He was being dominated at that point. But after cheating with a poke to the eye and using the ropes, he managed to somehow escape. Look at He means business. Well, I tell you something, Cameron Grimes is going down. Jordan Miles. James, 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 James. <laughs> Muppet breakout James, tournament. James, James, right? How many tournaments have you won? None. Exactly. How many tournaments have I won? I don't know, three. All of them. <laughs> All of them. I always get to the final, though. James, you don't bet on black, mate. You bet on white. Well, anyway, it's confirmed that the match will take for the Scotia Bank Arena and that Cole Gagano free We'll get a big hype video next week called Prime Target Takeover. NXT social media team caught up to Matt Riddle as he left the gym earlier. Asked if he's training for Killian Dane. The bro says if Dane wants a fight, he should come to him face to face instead of attacking him after a match. And he'll get one. We learn they'll battle next Wednesday. Women's champ Shania Baszler storms to the ring, mic in hand. She's here to address Mia Yim's attack on Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir. And she says she's got the message, but this isn't the street. Yeah, professional fighters. That's why Yim has really lost, even though they haven't boarded a plane for Toronto yet. She's going to put Mia to sleep because street rats don't survive long in her world. The HBIC is here. And she asks Shayna if she's scared. And also, what's happened to her friends? She says she didn't see nothing. Game recognises game. But Yim doesn't see anything when she looks at Basler. She's got nothing to lose. So the street rat is going to take her title. Basler calls her street trash and holds up the title. They jaw some more and the champ leaves as Maro confirms at the championship match at TakeOver. Well, General Manager Winnie Regal walks up to Ray, who's still outside. He tells her he knows what she wants, but she's not going to get it tonight because we're told EO to stay away. Candice says that's fine, but she wants a match in Toronto. Regal says she can have it. We're getting a contract signing for the tag title match between Street Profits and Undisputed Era next week. And then we move on to our main event. But just to recap, we've had some huge match announcements then. So we know we've got the North American title, triple threat match. We know the tag team title contract's being signed. We've got EO versus Candice LeRae. Baszler versus Mia Yim. And, of course, the NXT title on the line takeover, um, Adam Cole versus Gagano. So I guess the breakout tournament, will that be on as well? Or will that be uh, filmed on that, that weekend and then shown afterwards? We just don't know, but... That's the card. It'll probably be one of the dark matches, won't it? Yeah. That's the card stacking up. But right now, Roger Strong, Pete Dunne, and Pete Dunne, I don't know. If Pete Dunne was going to be in NXT, I don't know if I'm biased, I would have him go for the NXT title, wouldn't you? Well, you know, he might be able to challenge for that. I think uh, Cole and Gagano are kind of tied up in their little uh, thing at the moment for Pete and to add anything to that match. Um, yeah, it would be very impressive to see... Uh, triple threat two out of three falls match but um you know is this it should be something fun well yeah it should be something fun and pete dunn if he's ever in a match then i'm always gonna see as a favorite and i think he's a favorite against roger strong tonight 
who has been building some momentum recently with victories over the Velveteen Dream. But I think he's picked the fight with the wrong man here tonight. The Bruiserweight was UK champion for over 700 days. And he's not come to lose here on NXT either. If anybody's ready, it is Pete Dunne. He don't go and beat his ass. So the bell rings and here we go. And the Velveteen Dream will be looking back, watching backstage at this saying, thank God I'm not getting involved. So who do you say your favourite is going into uh, the triple threat match now then? That Pete Dunne's kind of thrown a spanner into the works. Well, you've got to think still Velveteen Dream. We talk about the Velveteen Dream experience. He's been on a roll lately. He doesn't seem to slow down. There's no real talk of him either kind of being moved up to the main roster yet. You know what I mean? So I think with the Dream still... And is there a full guy in between Strong and Pete Dunne there? I mean, conceivably, all three of them could win, couldn't they? It, well, Strong wins and it's a bit more goal for the Undisputed Era and Pete Dunne. Yeah, well, you know, again, the Undisputed Era, the premonition could come true yeah. yet again. I mean, Roderick Strong getting a sneak victory on Velveteen Dream after Pete Dunne hits a bitter end and gets hit with a strong backbreaker and Strong covers Dream for the title. You could have the Undisputed Era beating Street Profits for the tag titles. And then uh, UE is wearing AU. Exactly. And it's, you know, the prediction. Alan Cole, mate, I mean, it's, it's interesting times at the moment. But Dunn and Strong, who have been, who have faced off before, will know each other. Of course, you know, in hellacious war games. And Strong, I don't think we'll be able to wrestle Dunn, but he's going to try it. Well, we had the Dunn War Raiders going against the, uh, the Undeserving Era. And that's oh, Ricochet. Ricochet. I mean, how long was it Strong's been about? He used to be part of Authors of Strong Pain. He was, yeah. What? And a lovely octopus there applied by Pete Dunne. Roderick Strong just tumbling towards the ropes. Kick to the neck and a step up into Guri. And uh, that gives Roderick Strong a way back into this match. Has Pete Dunne kind of lost a step since, you know, uh, taking that hellacious beating from Volta and Imperium? I think, well, I don't know if he has or not. I think that is the uh, concept, you know, it's kind of the thought process at the moment of everybody that maybe he has and he's not the same guy. Is he as formidable? You know, this is... Roger Strong called him out and wanted the match, you know, so it's very confident-wise anyway, where it would be with Pete Dunne, but it remains to be seen on the big stage. I'm just surprised he never got, you know, he never got his rematches. That's something we're going to see in the future, you know? Or has Pete Dunne achieved all he can achieve in NXT UK? I mean, you know, being uh, one of the longest reigning champions in a very, very long time. Is his NXT gold? Could he use the North American title as a stepping stone to the NXT championship? And in my mind, Pete Dunne could easily hold both of them as long as he wants. Well, I think the interesting thing with Pete Dunne as well uh, is he's got Strong's arm. Oh! Stomping on the elbow. Potentially breaking the wrist of Roderick Strong. And you've always got to enjoy Pete Dunne and everything that he does. But, I mean, conceivably Pete Dunne, could he be the first man to win every title at the moment in WWE? I mean, if he was to... At a single championship, I mean. like He, he could conceivably win the uh, Cruiserweight title at some point if he wanted to. You know, he could work his way through NXT. <laughs> well, he could change his name to Shayna Baszler and win the women's title. <laughs> well, yeah, we wouldn't know. Maybe... He is a former women's champion. But that's the thing. We are going to see Pete Dunne and Shayna Baszler on the same card. Is that not weird to you? That is weird. Well, if you see him in the same room, as Dunne now looks to spring over Strong, but he catches him. Dunne's on Strong's shoulders. Up for a torture rack. Oh, Ooh. into a backbreaker. And the messiah of the backbreaker is certainly uh, holding his own against the bruiserweight. 
Oh, how funny. I'm wearing a Pete Dunn t-shirt. <laughs> Pete Dunn? Pete Dunn, Dunn. He's got legs. And Strong again picking up. Dunn hits him with another huge backbreaker. It's been all strong at the moment. Like I said, confidence is high with him. Been a consistent worker. Absolutely. And uh, the Undisputed Era, we thought he was kind of put in there to kind of hold the place of Bobby Fish. But he certainly proved himself worthwhile in the Undisputed Era, despite the, the few cracks that were showing throughout the the unit. Right, that, I mean, that was kind of a big story over the, the, in the last couple of months where we thought it might be the end of the Undisputed Era. And now Adam Cole is champion. Everything seems to be all right. And the hunger for Undisputed Era to gather gold seems to be stronger than ever at this, this moment in time. And I think it's a good storyline to have in NXT, especially when it's kind of been a little bit uh, weaker as it's been this year, as opposed to others. Do you know what I mean? Not saying it's been terrible this year of NXT. It's been great, but it hasn't been as big as previous years, has it? Absolutely you know? not, no. Um, it has slowed down, and maybe that's why Pete Dunne was kind of brought in to give it a bit of resurgence. It hasn't been freshened up in a while. You know, the the fresh stars that have come through, they haven't been as uh, as promising as previous stars coming. You know, when we had the likes of Finn Balor joining, Kevin Owens, um, you know, Nakamura, Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre. You know, you could lift off, list off a lot of wrestlers who kind of were game changers for NXT, but... You know, especially this, and I, you know, I'm going to say it for the whole lot of these breakout guys, they haven't been game changers. Even Kushida hasn't. Well, this is the thing at the moment. We have been sport the past few years with the amount of talent that has come through. But I think the talent's there, especially if you look at someone like NXT UK, you see where they're going right with it. You know, it's just because NXT, every time someone gets a little bit hot down there, it seems to be taken away, you know. And this is the thing we've seen with the War Raiders, Authors of Pain. We're down for a long time, but if they don't have a plan for him on the main roster, then what's the point as well? That's what I see with it. But maybe someone like Johnny Gagano's hanging around a bit too long because he's, you know, they needed someone on the brand. Oh, absolutely. Say he doesn't beat Adam Cole. What's next for Johnny Gagano? I mean, you know, he's proved himself, I'd say, unworthy of being a challenge, uh, challenger and champion. So <laughs> what's next? You know, is Tommaso Ciampa going to yeah, make exactly. a triumphant return yeah. and have Ciampa versus Adam Cole? I don't know. It's... Uh, and then Chumper Gagano again, you know, wanting to do what they wanted to do the previous year. So it's retreading, isn't it? And then so... Cole and Chumper, uh, Cole and Gagano, and then Cole <laughs> Chumper Gagano. <clears throat> but Roger Strong in this match has been dominating Pete Dunne. Looking to superplex him right from the top rope, but Dunne managing to fight out, planting Roddy Strong face first, climbing inside to the second rope, and Dunne with a lovely seated drop kick. There's definitely a respect. For Pete Dunne within the NXT crowd. And they know exactly what he's done and accomplished. And a huge forearm chop. The kick Irish whip reversed. Dunne jumping over the head of Roderick Strong. Catching him with a step up in Seguri. Turns him inside out. And then just a kick to the face. Folds him up into a pin. But only a two count. Two. And Dunne can't believe he didn't get the job done then. But Strong. This is a different Roderick Strong leaving Pete Dunne faced a few months ago. Both men taking their time to get to the feet, but Pete Dunn's up first and just stomps on the hand of Roderick Strong and a kick to the head. Well, the go behind though, Roderick Strong's got Dunn, but Dunn somehow to reverse. No. German suplex lands on his feet. Responds with a kick to Strong. Picking him up. Powerbomb set out. One, two. No. Just a two count. Two. And Roderick Strong stays in this match just. And this is exactly what Dunn brings to NXT. 
you know, pulling out a very, very good match straight into the main event on his return. Well, I've never seen a bad Pete Dunne match as of yet. He's even wrestled Enzo More, so... And here comes Dunne now. Oh, but Strong trying to cut him off, holding his leg. But Pete just grabs him by the nose. Looks to kick, gets caught by Strong, who catches him and just plants him back first onto the edge of the ring apron. I think Dunne might be short of win there. And Strong throws it back in, goes for the cover, but Dunne managing to kick out. Uh-huh. But very little left in the tank of both men. Now big forearms and back elbow by Strong back in. Done up in the corner. Knee to the face and another backbreaker. Throws him right for chest first. Goes in for the cover, but Dunn managing to kick out. Ah, very impressive for Dunn managing to stand. But we've learned in the past it takes a lot to put the bruiser weight down. Is Roderick Strong trying to question himself? What can he do to put Dunn away? Was right. his victory, pinfall victory over Velveteen Dream just a fluke and a one-off? Well, I think we've seen with Strong's performance, he's definitely a different wrestler. He used to be, but how much pain is he in after five fifteen minutes? But the forearm strikes now. Oh, Pete Dunn avoiding the third, hitting a huge right hand, kicks from either man, and Pete Dunn's in full control, looking for the bitter end. But no, Roderick Strong with a backslide, angle slam, rolls Dunn through. And looking for maybe end of heartache, but Dunn turns it into a DDT. Absolutely beautiful from Pete Dunn. But again, with Roderick Strong, you know, aside from the tag team titles, every other belt he's gone for and uh, every other shot he's had at the top gold, he's come up just too short. <laughs> but this would be a huge step up for Roderick Strong if he can pin the longest reigning WWE UK champion of all time. Strong with a forearm and a chops, just backing Dunn up. And he's ruled on answers strikes. But here comes Dunn out the corner. Huge palm strikes and just clubbing blows to the back of the head. Now stomping the crap out of Roderick Strong. Pete Dunn's getting himself fired up. But Dunn, when he was up, got caught by Strong with a chop. But I think... Gone. Oh, but Pete holding the arms of Roderick Strong and just kicking away at the jaw and the face of him. Well, Dunn just getting his balance, but Roderick's going to kick in. Puts Pete off his game. And now Strong's got Dunn in all sorts of trouble. That's coming blows to the back of Dunn's head from Strong. Is he looking for a strong slam off the top? No, Pete Dunn out with a sunset oh. flip. Well, sunset flip, but Strong, if it landed on Dunn, and that is going to leave a mark, but Dunn's not finished yet. Picks him up for the bitter end, but no, for the second time, Strong getting out of it, delivering a knee to the jaw of Pete Dunn. Double underhook into a powerbomb. One, two... No, Dunn managing to kick out. Oh. But instantly, Strong turns it around into a really deep Boston crab. And he's got his foot on the hair as well. But Dunn's got the hand of Strong. He's going to use a bit of joint manipulation. No, he's just going to simply kick the fuck out of the Strong into a triangle choke and some joint manipulation to go with it. Now turns around, he's got the hand and the finger. Oh! oh. <laughs> and wrenching back at the fingers makes Roderick Strong tap out. Well, he's broken the hand of Roderick Strong, there's no doubt about that. But what do you think about Pete Dundan? Has he lost a step? He hasn't lost a step now. He's just getting warmed back up again, and I think he has his sights set on other game than the UK Championship, that's for sure. Well, my God, what a statement sent. He'll be ready for Toronto's takeover going against Dream and Strong, but you couldn't have Dream. Or a better impact for Pete Dunn there. Just showing how powerful 
he can be. And like I said, I've never seen a bad Pete Dunne match in, in all my life, you know, so I'm not surprised. But hang on a minute, as Pete Dunne celebrating, Velveteen Dreams sneaking into the ring behind him. Oh no, he's going to try and hit with a belt. Dunne catches him. And Velveteen Dream plays it off just like he was uh, going to congratulate the victor. Strong still saying that's his championship. And Dream celebrating. Well, Pete Dunne grabs his hand. Boom, bitter end. <laughs> and the bruiserweight stands tall. Potentially the next North American champion. Well, I wouldn't bet against Pete Dunne when it comes to title matches. A statement sent to Roderick Strong and to Velveteen Dream. And that's it for NXT this month. Dan, what are your thoughts? I think both NXT and NXT UK have been very good. They've certainly been building to the future and to the, to the next pay-per-view. Uh, well, you know, I look forward to see where each uh, each next episode takes us. Well, speaking of next episodes, our next episode of NXT will be on the live show next weekend. Our live show is it's come up so fast, hasn't it? Absolutely. Know? It seems just uh, a couple of weeks ago it was WrestleMania week. Well, we are going to be live again for Saturday and Sunday night. Saturday live, 11pm for NXT TakeOver, the live pre-show where we're called to have the last episode of NXT before TakeOver. And Sunday live at 10pm for WWE SummerSlam kickoff. Yeah, and of course we'll bring you all the latest news. We've saved all the news up for the live shows. And of course we'll have the shout-outs, the games. We'll probably have a masturbator down as well, won't we? We will indeed, yes. Uh, we like to masturbate live on air for all of our listeners. And, of course, we run through the card, as we always do. Um, so that's something we look forward to live next weekend. But that is it for now. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter, at WWE Network Review, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at WNRpodcast. Or on Facebook... Yes, Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review Podcast. Okay, me as a friend, I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. We've got the clips on there. Podcast got at the same time on YouTube. We do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Speak Radio. We've got our live shows next weekend. Stitcher Radio and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that is it. Don't forget, next weekend as well, a huge announcement about a website, Dan, which is... To be arranged. No, not... The, what, what's that? <laughs> I don't know if he's going to give me the yeah, announcement no, no, to make <laughs> no, sorry. What's it called? Uh, the, the website, you can come and fo- find us there. It is thewnlpodcast.com and that's got links to all our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube accounts. Yeah, so we are live for our next episode, so join us uh, for NXT TakeOver. Until then, I have been James Rowlands and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for this, everybody, and bye. Bye.